Hi guys, and welcome back to Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning to finish off our Christmas Part 2 presentation, Mr. James Stewart and Miss Donna Reed in It's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Frank Sinatra in the Hallmark Playhouse presentation of Room for a Stranger and Mr. Joseph Cotton in the Lux Radio Theater presentation of I'll Be Seeing You. And please stay tuned for three Christmas songs to finish off this Christmas Spectacular Part 2. And then join me later on tonight or tomorrow morning as I bring to the show my New Year's Eve and New Year's Day episodes. And if you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And always remember to enjoy the show. Thanks. Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, and Victor Moore in It's a Wonderful Life. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Reading from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we bring you one of the season's most inspiring hits, a Liberty Films production that's been nominated for the highest screen award. Yes, it's a wonderful life. And we present it now with its original fine stars, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Jimmy in the role which won him a nomination for the best performance of the year. Also in our cast is starred that fine comedian, Victor Moore. It's a Wonderful Life is the drama of a typical American. Might be you, it might be me. He dreams of glory, he lives in hope, he loves and doubts, uh, and only providence puts a final value on his service to humanity. Our story starts before the war, when life was normal. Shortages were generally unknown, and simple luxuries like Lux soap were abundant. I won't say that's the only reason people said it's a wonderful life. But I do know from the thousands of letters in our files that most of them said it's a wonderful soap. And they keep right on saying it day after day. In fact, the popularity of Lux Soap is what makes it possible to present such entertainment as Frank Capra's great production, It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart as George, Donna Reed as Mary Hatch, and Victor Moore as Clarence. This is the story of George Bailey, citizen of Bedford Falls, New York. George Bailey, who more than anything under the sun, wanted to see the world. The wonderful, exciting world that lay somewhere beyond the limits of his hometown. Oddly enough, this story does not begin in Bedford Falls. 
In fact, it doesn't begin anywhere in the world. It begins in heaven, where the superintendent of angels has just summoned an apprentice angel named Clarence. Oh, I, I'm really going down to earth, sir? Oh, how splendid. Yes. There's a very discouraged man down there, Clarence. George Bailey. At exactly 10.45 p.m., Earth time, he'll be thinking seriously of ending his life. Oh, dear, dear, his life. Now, I want you to stop him if you can. Now, sit down, sit down. I'll give you Bailey's case history. Uh, sir, if, uh, if I should accomplish my mission, may I perhaps get my wings? I've been waiting over 200 years now, and, well... People are beginning to talk. Clarence, what's that book? The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me. Oh, fine book. Excellent. Well, you do a good job on George Bailey, and we'll see about your wing. Oh, thank you, sir. Now, listen. When George Bailey was a boy, two events occurred that you should keep in mind. One was when his young brother, Harry, fell through the ice and almost drowned. George saved him. Brother fell through the ice. George saved him. Ever since, George has had a bad ear. All that icy water, you understand. Yeah, bad ear, yes, sir. The other event came a few months later. George used to work after school in Mr. Gower's drugstore. One day, Mr. Gower's only son died of influenza. It was a terrible blow, and poor Mr. Gower tried to lose his grief in whiskey. Where you been, George? Mrs. Blaine's called twice. What happened to her prescription? You lost it, didn't you? No, Mr. Gower. Here it is. Are you good for nothing? Don't you know that Blaine girl's very sick? Mr. Gower, my ear. You're hurting my sore ear. teach you to loaf, you lazy brat. Mr. Gower, you don't know what you're doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. Shut up. Oh, I know you feel bad, but look, Mr. Gower, look. This bottle, you use this bottle to make up the capsules. It's poison. Poison? Don't hurt my sore ear again, Mr. Poison. Gower. Oh, George. That's why you deliver, Mr. Gower. All I wanted was to make sure. George, George. Well, Clarence, that was George Bailey as a boy. When he grew up, he wanted to go to college, but there just wasn't the money. So he worked four years in the Building and Loan Association. Building and Loan Association? Oh, I forgot to tell you. George's father was in the building and loan business. He and George's uncle, Billy. High ideals and low bank account. Anyway, George worked for his father and saved enough to see him through the university. That summer, though, he was going to Europe. Got a job on a cattle boat. Do a little traveling before cut. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's hard to realize that my last night in the Bailey boarding house. We're sure going to miss you, George. Oh, I'm going to miss you, too, Pop. Hey, what's the matter? You look tired. Oh, I had another tussle with old Henry Potter today. Well, I thought when you put him on the board of directors, he'd ease up. Well, so did I. I just can't understand a man like Mr. Potter. He can't begin to spend all the money I he has. I guess Potter owns about everything he wants in Bedford Falls, except our building and loan. That's why he hates us. Hey, George, can I borrow your tuxedo studs? Yeah, help yourself, Harry. Well, where are they? In your suitcase? No, I'm not taking a tuxedo on a cattle boat, you know. Say, where'd you get that suitcase anyway? Oh, Mr. Gower, going away present. And one of these days, you're going to see that bag all covered with travel labels. Italy and Baghdad Samarkand. Could have a pretty full summer, eh? I'm going to have a pretty full life. Hey, why don't you come to the dance tonight? Why, I'd be bored to death. Well, you couldn't want a better death. Lots of pretty girls. Hey, I got a hurry. I wish we could send Harry to college with you, George. Oh, we've got that all figured out now, Pop. 
He'll take over my job at the building and loan and work four years like I did, and then he'll go. Well, he's pretty young for that job. Well, no younger than I was. Maybe you were born older, George. Huh? George, when you get out of college, I don't suppose you'd come back to the building and loan. Oh, oh now, Pop, I, 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 I just couldn't. I, I couldn't face being cooped up the rest of my life in a shabby little office. I, I, oh, I I'm sorry, Pop. Now, I... I didn't mean that, but it's just this business of nickels and dimes. I'd go crazy. I, I want to do something big, something important. Well, in a small way, we are doing something important, George. In that shabby little office, we help people figure out how they can own their own homes. I know, I know, Pop. I, I just wish I felt that I... I, I but I, I just feel like if I didn't get away, I'd bust. <laughs> I, You're right, boy. You get yourself an education, then get out of here. Oh, Pop, you... Pop, you want a shock? I think you're a pretty great guy. Well, thanks, George. I'm glad to hear it. Look, um, why don't you go on over to Harry's dance? You'd have a good time. Well, I don't know. Maybe it will drop in. Yeah, maybe it will at that. So, George Bailey went to a dance. Is that important, Joseph? Why, it was at the dance he met Mary Hatch. Oh. And three hours later, he was walking her home. George and Mary were feeling pretty good, Clarence. As a matter of fact, wonderful. Buffalo girls, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo girls, can't you come out tonight? And dance by the light of the moon. Oh, hot dog. Oh, boy, just like an organ. At least. Hey, you know, you know something? If it wasn't me talking, I'd say you were the prettiest girl in town. Well, why don't you say it? Well, I don't know. Maybe I will. Hey, how old are you anyway? Eighteen. Eighteen? Too young or too old? No, no, no. It's just right. It sort of fits you. Hey, hey, look where we are. Hmm? Oh, the old Granville house. Yeah, i got to throw a rock. Oh, no, don't. I, I love that old house. Well, no, don't you know about deserted houses? You, you make a wish and then throw a rock. George, but it, it was such a lovely old place. I wish I lived there. In there? I wouldn't live in it as a ghost. Now, watch. Watch this. Here we go. How about it, huh? Pretty good shot, huh? Broke a window, huh? What'd you wish, George? Oh, I don't know. Not just one wish, a whole hat full. Mary, I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum... And then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields and skyscrapers a hundred stories high and bridges a mile long. And then I'm going to... Hey, hey, Mary. What is it you want? What do you want, huh? You want the moon? All you got to do is just say the word now. Okay, the moon, I'll take it. Then what? Then what? Well, well, then you could swallow it. And, and it'd dissolve like an aspirin, you know? And the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and the ends of your hair. And the, the, uh, you, you think I'm talking too much? Yes, why don't you kiss her instead of talking her to death? How's that? Uh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Why? Well, hey, just a minute, mister. Hey, you come back here. I'll show you some kissing George, if you want to. George! Hey, Uncle Billy, look here. I'm going to kiss Mary. Watch. George, get in the car quick. Your father's had a stroke. What? what? George, had... get in. Hurry. <laughs> Well, George's father died that night, Clarence. So, of course, George couldn't go to Europe. But that fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the directors of the building alone had a meeting. 
They were going to appoint a successor to Mr. Bailey. What was that you said, Mr. Potter? I said as long as Peter Bailey's dead, let's dissolve the building and loan. We don't need it. Now, wait a minute. Oh, you wait a minute. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. Ideals without common sense can ruin a town. What do we get? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. Hold on, Mr. Potter. Hold oh, on. I meant no disrespect, George, but... Oh, wait a minute, Harry. Why my father ever started this cheap penny-ante building alone, I'll never know. But just remember this, Mr. Potter, this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and the paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him. But to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, Mr. Potter, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book, George. I'm talking about the building and loan. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on that's galling. That's what you're talking about. Well, this town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can borrow a few dollars without crawling to you. Now, come on, Uncle Billy. What happened, George? Yeah, all we heard was a lot of yelling. Boy, oh, boy, you should have heard George. Yeah, they're in there voting us out of business. Oh, who cares? I can get another job. I'm only 41. 45. Well, you get out of here, George. You missed your boat trip. Do you want to miss college, too? George, we've just voted Potter down. We're still in business. Whoopee! We're still in business. We're still in business. But there's one condition, George. They've appointed you to take your father's place. Appoint me? But I'm going to college. Look, this is my last chance. Uncle Billy's your man. Uh, George, you've got to take it. They'll vote with Potter otherwise. They said so. They even... I know George Bailey didn't go to college. That's right, Terrence. He gave his, his college money to Harry. Harry went instead. But what happened to that good-looking girl, you know, Mary? Oh, George saw her now and then. Not very often, though, because Mary went away to school, too. Anyway, George waited four years more for Harry to come back and take over the building and loan. He could still see the world. He planned to work in the oil fields, Venezuela. Except when Harry came home, he wasn't alone. There was a girl with him, his wife. George? Yeah, I'm out here on the porch, Mother. I just thought I'd get some air. Well, how, how do you like your new sister-in-law? Oh, she's swell. Looks like she can keep Harry on his toes. Yeah, yeah, I keep him out of Bedford Falls anyway. What do you mean? Well, Ruth's father, she's, he's got a wonderful job for Harry up in Buffalo. Buffalo? Well, that means you, yeah. you can't... Yeah. George, uh, did you know Mary Hatch is back from school? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Nice girl, Mary. Mm -hmm. Oh, stop grunting. Mm -hmm. Give me one good reason why you shouldn't call on Mary. Well, Sam Wainwright. Sam's crazy about Mary. Well, she's not crazy about him. Well, now, how do you know that? Did she discuss it with you? How do you... Besides, Sam's away in New York. Oh, and all's fair in love and war. Uh -huh, I see. Okay, Mother, I think I'll go out and find that girl and do a little passionate necking. Oh, George. <laughs> Goodbye, Miss Bailey. By the way, do you want any books at the library? Library? George! George, you go and see Mary. Do you hear? George, is that you out there? Oh, oh hello, Mary. Well, are you coming in? I just happened to be passing by here. Oh, I thought you were picketing. Have you made up your mind? How's that? Have you made up your mind? About what? About coming in. Your mother just phoned. She said you were coming over. My mother just phoned. What did she mean, Carla? I just happened to be passing by, that's all. I didn't... Well, 
Well, all right, I'll come in for a minute, but I, I didn't tell anybody I was coming here. You, you feel I can't go out for a walk nowadays without you. When did you, you get back? Tuesday. No. Right. Where'd you get that dress? Do you like it? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> well, no point standing here on the porch. Come on in. I, I still can't understand it. I didn't tell anybody I was coming here, you know. Would you rather leave? Well, no, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> Sit down for a while. It's nice about your brother and Ruth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Don't you like her? Well, of course I like her. She's a peach. Oh, just marriage in general you're not enthusiastic about, hmm? No, no. Marriage is all right for a lot of people. It's all right for Harry and Sam Wainwright and you. For Sam? Harry? It's George Bailey, Mother. What's he want? I don't know. What do you want? Me? I, not a thing. Not a thing. And I, I just came in to get warm. He's making violent love to me, Mother. You just tell him to go right back home. Sam said he'd call you tonight from New York, didn't he? I guess so. How about some music? Uh, you know, your mother needs... A, you know, I didn't come here to... What did you come here for, then? Uh, I don't know. You're supposed to be the one with all the answers. You tell me. Oh, why don't you go home? I don't know why I came here in the first place. Good night. Good night. Okay, the way you're shouting, you'd think that... You'd think what? All right, I'll get it. George, on your way out, would you mind turning off the phonograph? I'd be very happy to. I've gone crazy, song. Hello? Sam? Mary, gee, it's good to hear your voice. How are you, Sam? I forgot my hat. Hee-haw. What? Oh, I, I was just talking to an old friend of yours, George Bailey. Old Mossback George? Old Mossback George. Well, put him on. I'll talk to him, too. Wait a second. George. He doesn't want to speak to George. He does so. He asked for him. Why'd you call me? Because if you are, I, I'm in a hurry. I got... Sam wants to talk to you. Oh. Oh. Hiya, Sam. Hey, fine pal you are, trying to steal my girl. Now, what do you mean? Nobody's trying to steal anybody's girl. Here, Mary, take that. No, no, here. no. Wait, wait, George. I want to speak to you both. Tell Mary to get in the extension upstairs. He says for you to get on the extension upstairs. I can't. Mother's on the extension. I am not. We can both hear, George. Just put your head a little closer. What? Yeah, what? that's that's better. Uh, we're we're listening, Sam. Well, I have a big deal coming up that's going to make us all rich. George, you remember that time you told me about making plastics out of soybeans? Soybeans, yeah, yeah, uh, soybeans. Yeah. Well, yeah, my yeah. father's checked into it, George. See, and now he's going to put up a factory. How do you like that? A factory, huh? And yeah. here's the point, George. I may have a job for you unless you're still married to that broken-down building and loan. Oh, Mary. Uh, I'm here. You tell that guy I'm giving him a chance of a lifetime. Do you hear? He says it's the chance of a lifetime. Give me that phone. Here's George again, Sam. George! Now, you listen to me, Mary. I don't want any plastics, and I don't want any job, and I don't want to get married ever to anyone. Do you understand that? I want to do what I want to do, and, and you're not going to trick me. And you're... Mary. George. Mary. Oh, Mary, darling, I, I love you, Mary. So George Bailey and Mary Hatch were... Yes, George and Mary were married. Mm. And they started off on their honeymoon in Ernie Bishop's taxi cab. Hey, where are you two going on this here now, honeymoon? We're going to shoot the works, Ernie. A whole week in New York, a whole week in Bermuda, the highest hotel, the oldest champagne, the hottest music, and the prettiest wife. <laughs> so you're finally getting out of Bedford Falls, huh? Then what? Then what, honey? After that, who cares? That does it. Hey, you know, Mrs. Bailey, I haven't kissed you. Hey, since George, I... there's something funny going on over there. Look, look over there at the bank. It looks huh? like a run. All right. 
Pull over a minute, will you, Ernie? George, let's not stop. Please, let's go straight to the no, station. No, wait a minute. Well, I, I better see what it is. I'll be right back. George, please. George! In a few moments, we'll return with the second act of It's a Wonderful Life, starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, and Victor Moore. Meanwhile, here's our Hollywood reporter, Libby Collins, looking very smart to me, I say. Well, thank you, Mr. Keeley. You know, after seeing Paulette Goddard's wardrobe for Paramount's new comedy, Suddenly It's Spring, I just had to rush out and buy something new. Looking at all those lovely clothes was just too much for my self-control. Well, you look stunning, Libby. Oh, thank you again, Mr. Keeley. Now, tell me about the picture. I understand that Paulette's portrayal of an ex-whack is truly delightful. Oh, yes, it is. And Fred McMurray gives a perfect characterization of her wayward husband. Between the two of them, suddenly it's spring as a high-spirited comedy with emphasis on the romantic side. Well, naturally. <laughs> but really, Mr. Keeley, that wardrobe of Miss Goddard certainly will make clothes-conscious girls sit up and take notice. I'll bet you think so, too, Mr. Kennedy. Well, Libby, men seldom know much about styles. What I notice about a dress is the general effect when a woman wears it. Some girls always seem to have that right-on-the-beam look. You know what I mean. <laughs> well, I think what you have in mind, Mr. Kennedy, is good grooming. Screen stars certainly put great emphasis on it. A perfect hairdo, fresh, beautifully cared-for skin. Those are essentials. That must be the reason Lux Toilet Soap continues to be a studio standby, no matter how often other styles change. Well, that's what Miss Goddard told me. She says her beauty facials are so quick and easy and work so well. She's never without a supply of Lux Toilet Soap. I can depend on it for daily complexion care, she said. I wish you'd tell the ladies in our audience how easy these Lux Soap facials are, Libby. Well, here's what Paulette Goddard does. She says, I cover my face with the fragrant Lux Soap lather and work it well in. I rinse with warm water, then cold, and use a soft towel to pat my skin dry. Give skin quick new beauty, she says. Daily Lux Soap facials do make skin lovelier. Recent tests by skin specialists proved it. In, in three out of four cases, complexions became softer and smoother in, in just a short time. A lovely Lux complexion makes a woman so attractive. I wish every girl who hasn't tried Lux toilet soap would begin using it tomorrow. That sounds advice, Libby. When nine out of ten screen stars recommend a beauty soap, you know it has to be good. So why not try Lux toilet soap, Hollywood's own complexion soap? We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Act two of It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart as George, Donna Reed as Mary and Victor Moore as Clarence. Well, we're back in heaven again, where the superintendent of angels is reviewing the case history of a mortal named George Bailey. Clarence, the apprentice angel, is very eager to depart on his mission to the earth. Poor George Bailey. Oh, he's certainly in desperate trouble, Joseph. I'll go to him at once. Now, you sit down, Clarence. Sit down. We're nowhere near the point where George Bailey's thinking of taking his life. We're not? Now, uh, where were we? Uh, oh, yes, yes. 
George and Mary had just started out on their honeymoon when they ran smack into the financial panic of 1932. In the waiting room of the building and loan, a hundred frantic people were clamoring for their safe. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Billy? What's happened? All those people out there. This is a pickle, George. All I know is the bank called our loan an hour ago. I had to hand over all our cash. Holy mackerel. Whole town's gone crazy. Bank's in the same spot we are. Our charter, too. What about our charter? Our charter says we have to stay open until 6 p.m. The state can take away our license if we don't. How can we stay open until 6 without any money? George, where are you going? Out to talk to those people. Come on. Please, folks, now just a minute. Just a minute, now, please. How about our money, George? Where's our money? Now, come on, now, please. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, listen to me. Now, you're thinking of this place all wrong. Your money's not here. Well, wait a minute, now. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, your money's in people's houses, in the Kennedy house, in the McLaren house, and in your house, and a hundred others. Now, what are you going to do, foreclose on them? I got $240 in shares. Now, let me have it. All right. All right, Charlie. Now... You'll get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, now, look, that's what you, that's what you agreed on when you bought your shares. I got my money! Well, old man Potter's taking over the bank. He'll pay you 50 cents on every dollar. Then let's take our shares to Potter. Half is better than nothing. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Please, folks, I beg of you not to do this. If Potter gets hold of your shares, he'll be owning this building and loan. He's got the bank, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores, and now he's after us because he wants to keep you living in his shacks and paying the kind of rent he decides to charge. Now, we can get through this thing, all right, but we've got to stick together. We've got to have faith in each other. My husband's out of work. We need money. I've got doctor bills to pay. I can't feed my kids on safe. How much do you need? We've still got some money. Hey, Mary. Here it is, George. You told me to hold on to it. Would have made a nice honeymoon. Bought furniture, too. Hey, now, wait a minute, folks. Listen. I've got $2,000. All right, Charlie, how much do you need? $240. No, Charlie, now listen, just enough to tide you over. I said $240. Okay, okay. Uncle Billy, give Charlie $240. All right, Ed. Now, how much just to get by? Oh, $20, I suppose. Now you're talking. Now, Mrs. Thompson, how about you? $20 will do me. Good, good. $20. Uncle Billy, pay it back when you can now. Pay it back when you can. All right, all right. Who's next? Who's next? Look at the clock. Look. Five seconds. Four seconds, three, two, one. Six o'clock, we made it. Lock that door, Eustace, quick. Boy, we're still in business, Uncle Billy. We've even got two bucks left, hmm? George, there's a call for you. Okay, and then call my wife, will you? She's probably over at Mother's. Mrs. Bailey's on the line. No, I don't want Miss Bailey. I want my wife, Mrs. Bailey. Mrs. Bailey, that, that's my wife. That's my, uh, give me the phone, will you? Hey, Mary, ma- listen, Mary, I'm sorry. I, I, hmm? Come home. What home? Well... 323 Sycamore. Well, whose home is that? What? Well, Mary, how can I... Well, sure, all right, sure, I'll I'll be there. Clarence, guess what 323 Sycamore was? His mother-in-law's house, huh? Oh, no. Number 323 Sycamore was the old Granville house, the one George threw rocks at and made wishes. Yes, sir, that's where they spent their honeymoon. That's where they started housekeeping. They were still living there two years later when old man Potter asked George to stop over at his office. Sit down, George. Sit down, Lou. Uh, have a cigar? Well, thank you, sir. Uh, George, you're a young man, married, making, say, $40 a week at the building and lawn. Forty-five. Forty-five. Now, if you were some ordinary yokel, I'd say you were doing fine. But George Bailey is intelligent, ambitious. He hates the building and lawn almost as much as I do. He's been dying to get out of town ever since he was born, but he's trapped. Trapped into frittering his life away, playing nursemaid to a lot of garlic eaters. 
Do I paint a correct picture, George, or do I exaggerate? Well, what's your point, Mr. Potter? My point is that you're the only man in town who has licked me. George, I want to hire you. Manage my affairs. I'll start you off at $20,000 a year. $20,000 a year? Are you sure you're talking to me? I'm George Bailey. Don't you remember me? The building and loan, remember? Yes, George Bailey, whose ship has just come in, providing he has sense enough to climb aboard. Well, but, but what about the building and loan? Confounded man, I'm offering you a three-year contract at $20,000 a year. Is it a deal or isn't it? No, no, the answer's no doggone it. If you offered me a million dollars to stay around this town and play stooge to you, the answer'd still be no. Now, let me alone. Don't bother me. George, what did Mr. Potter want? Oh, it's nothing. He just talked, talked. It's nothing. Oh, gee. Mary Hatch. Mary, why in the world did you ever marry a guy like me, anyway? <laughs> to keep from being an old maid. I was going to see the world. I was going to build things. I was going to give you the moon. What have I given you? What have I given you? Not even a new dress, not for months. I... Gee whiz, I feel awful. So do I. Mornings especially. I could have married Sam Wainwright, anybody else in town. I didn't want to marry anybody else. I want my baby to look like you. No, you didn't even have a honeymoon. And I promised you that you, 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 you what? My baby. You're, you, you, hey, Mary. Mary, you mean you're on the nest? Well, Mary had her baby turns, a boy. You don't say. Then she had another, a girl. Well, what do you know? Night after night, George had come home late from the office. Things weren't good with the building and loan. Potter was really bearing down on him. Then came the war. Mary had another baby by then. Oh. But she still had time to help out in USO. Uncle Billy sold war bonds. And George's brother Harry became a real hero. Shot down 15 planes. But George, what about George? Well, George was 4F, his bad year. He was an air raid warden. On VE day, he wept and prayed. On VJ day, he wept and prayed again. We're, uh, we're getting... Pretty close to today, aren't we, sir? Yes, Clarence. You now know almost everything you have to know about George Bailey, except what happened that finds him down there at this moment, wanting to die. Well, sir, well... Well, today's the day before Christmas, uh, Earth time. George is pretty excited. Hey, Tilly! Useless! Hey, look at the newspaper. Commander Harry Bailey, decorated by the president. That's my kid brother. The Congressional Medal of Honor. Gosh, George, gosh. What do you think about the 15 Jap planes? And the last one he got was just about to dive into a transport loaded with soldiers. You know what that means? He saved lives, hundreds of lives. Hey, gee, where's Uncle Billy? Huh? We're going to the bank, George. He's oh. depositing that $8,000. Good, good, good. Go. Who's that in his office there? It's that man again, the bank examiner. Uh-oh, oh, yeah. Well, good afternoon, Mr. Carter. Hey, uh, Telly, get the books from Mr. Carter, will you? You know, that's my brother's picture there, Mr. Carter. He shot down 15 planes, and one of them was... Well, well, Mr. Henry F. Potter, come to the bank to deposit some more loot, eh? Sure, you old fool. How do you like the news in the paper, Mr. Potter? Just can't keep those Bailey boys down now, can you? Oh, let me see that newspaper. Here, sorry I can't chat, you old thief. Gotta make a deposit. 
Uh, here you are, Horace. Deposit slip, bank book, and a very Merry Christmas to you. You too, Mr. Bailey. Say, you've forgotten something, haven't you? Horace, I've forgotten things all my life. Get a wiggle on, boy. But, Mr. Bailey, where's the money? Uh, What's that? You want to make a deposit? Well, certainly I want Well, it's customary to bring the money with you. It's gone. Where'd I put it? Where'd I put that money? A terrible thing, Clarence. Terrible. Uncle Billy couldn't find the money because the envelope with the $8,000 was folded up in that newspaper he gave to old man Potter. I just don't know what happened to it, George. I just don't know. $8,000. Uncle Billy, the bank examiner's here, and it's not our money. It belongs to the depositors. George, but what are we going to do? We've traced every step I took. We can't stand here in the street. Are you sure you didn't put that envelope in your coat pocket? I, I, I think so. Maybe, maybe... Oh, I'm no good to you, George. I'm no good. Now, listen to me. Now, listen to me. Think. Think, will you? Now, try and think. I can't think anymore. I, I can't. Where's that money, you silly old fool? You know what this means? It means bankruptcy and scandal and prison. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Now, get out of my way. I'm going home. George, dear, what's wrong? You haven't said a word since you came home. Oh, well, that banging on that piano, does she have to just keep playing that same piece over and over and over and over again? I have to talk to the Christmas party, Daddy. What is it, dear? Another hectic day. Yeah. Yeah, another red-letter day for the baby. Dad, Murphy's got a brand-new car. You should see it. What's the matter with our car? Isn't it good enough for you? I'm sorry, Dad. I only... Run upstairs, Petey. See if this is all right. Okay, Mom. Now, what do you mean? What do you see if Zuzu's all right? What do you mean? Oh, she caught a little cold coming home from school. She didn't button up her coat. Well, what is it? What is it? What do you mean, just a cold? George, the doctor said it was nothing serious. The doctor? Was the doctor here? Well, I thought he'd better look at her. It's this old drafty house. It's no wonder we don't all have pneumonia. We might as well be living in a refrigerator. Why did we have to live here in the first place and stay around this measly, crummy old town? George, what's happened? Everything's happened. You call this a happy family? Why do we have to have all these kids? Yeah. I don't know how you smile. You ask your mother. Where are you going? Upstairs to see Zuzu. Hello? Oh, thank you, Mrs. Welch. I'm sure she'll be all right. Who's that? Zuzu's school teacher. What? Oh, yes, the doctor says she'll be fine tomorrow. Here, give me that phone. George, please. Mrs. Welch? Well, this is Mr. Bailey. Say, what kind of a teacher are you, anyway? What do you mean sending Zuzu home like that half naked? Do you realize you'll probably end up with pneumonia just because of your stupidity? You know, maybe my kids aren't the best-dressed kids in town, but at least... Hello? Hello? Janie, will you stop playing that lousy piano? Cut it out. Stop it. George, for heaven's sake, what's wrong with you? I'm sorry. I'm... Janie, I'm sorry, Mary. I, I, I've just got to get out of here. That's it, George. You're short $8,000 in your account, sir. Eh? Oh, please, Mr. Potter, I'll, I'll pay any sort of a bonus. If you still want the building and loan, I... You say it I'll was let... lost. Have you notified the police? No, sir, I haven't done that yet. Harry's home... Oh, I come tomorrow. to me. What about your good friend Sam Wainwright? I can't get a hold of him. He's in Europe. What kind of security would I have, George? What collateral? Yes, sir, I have some life insurance here. $15,000 policy. Hmm? What's your equity in it? $500. And you want 8000 you once called me a warped, frustrated old man. Well, what are you but a warped, frustrated young man crawling on your hands and knees for help? Why don't you go to the riffraff you love so well? Ask them for help. I'll do anything, Mr. Potter, please. Please help me, Miss. My wife and kids... I'm calling the district attorney. 
$500. You know something, George? You're worth more dead than you are alive. Now get out of here. Get out. And all the time, Potter had the $8,000 in his desk drawer. It's still there, Terrence. But where's George, sir? Where? Well, he went over to Martini's Cafe. He's had a couple of drinks, Clarence. He's just standing there, sort of in a day. Oh, God. Oh, God, dear Father in heaven, I, I'm, I'm not a praying man, but if, if you're up there and, and you can hear me, please show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. I, show me the way to God. Mr. Bailey, you all right? Don't drink anymore, Mr. Bailey, please. You don't feel good. Bailey? You say Bailey? Which Bailey? This gentleman is Mr. Bailey, George Bailey. George Bailey, huh? And the next time you talk to my wife like that, she'll get worse. It isn't enough she slaves teaching your stupid kids how to read and write. You got to follow You get out of here, Mr. Welch. You hit my best friend. Get out. All right, I'm Mr. Bailey, you, you okay? Who's that? Mr. Welch, but don't worry. He don't come in this place no more. I'll get something for your face. It's bleeding. I'm all right. Please, don't go away, Mr. Alone. Bailey. Please, don't Let go away. Well, George left Martini's Cafe five minutes ago, Clarence. He's at the river now, on the bridge, looking at the water. Are you ready, Clarence? All ready, sir. Very well. Save George Bailey's life, and you'll get your wings. My wings. Oh, thank you, Joseph. George! George Bailey! Get away from that bridge! You hear me? George! George! Just a moment, we'll bring you Act Three of It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, and Victor Moore. The popular theory about beautiful blondes is that they're content to be merely decorative. Our lovely guest tonight, Miss Susan Blanchard, completely disproves that idea. Besides being a hard-working fox starlet, Susan, I understand you're a wonderful cook. I really love housekeeping, Mr. Keeley. But most of all, I enjoy the training I get at the studio. It's work. But it's fun, too. You're an Easterner, aren't you, Susan? Yes, a native New Yorker. I thought so. It was the Broadway theater that inspired me to think of show business as a career. Well, that's interesting. I used to save my allowance and go to every play I could. One of my favorite actresses was Jane Wyatt. Uh-huh. Imagine, Mr. Keeley, what a thrill it was for me to meet her right here in Hollywood. Jane Wyatt's latest picture, Boomerang, was made in the East, I understand. Mm-hmm, yes. But she and Dana Andrews, who stars in Boomerang with her... We're in Hollywood to see a studio showing of the picture. Oh, I see. Jane Wyatt is my ideal of a stage and screen star. So talented and so lovely to look at. Just as lovely in real life, too. She is indeed. It wasn't long before I discovered that she's as keen about Lux toilet soap for beauty care as I am. You know, I'm a Lux girl, too. We're glad to hear you say that, Miss Blanchard, because that's a very beautiful Lux complexion I see before me. Just right for blue eyes and ash blonde hair. Thank you, Mr. Kennedy. Any girl in pictures is delighted to find out about Lux Toilet Soap as a beauty care. Active lather facials are so quick and easy, and they really make a difference in your skin. Thousands of busy, attractive women have discovered that, Miss Blanchard. Daily Lux Soap Complexion Care does make skin lovelier. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the choice of nine out of ten screen stars. Lux Toilet Soap is all around beauty care for me. 
I use it as a bath soap, too. It has such delightful perfume, leaves a lovely fragrance on the skin. Thank you, Miss Susan Blanchard. I hope our audience will be seeing that lovely luxe complexion of yours in a screen close-up one of these days. Now, back to our producer, William Keeley. Act three of It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, and Victor Moore. Numb with despair, convinced, as Mr. Potter said, that he's worth more dead than alive, George Bailey stands on a bridge, staring at the dark and frigid waters below. Suddenly, there's a splash. No, that's not George. It's Clarence, the apprentice angel. And there goes George in after him. Hmm. It's a few minutes later now, and in the bridgekeeper's shack, George and Clarence are drying off. You both sure you're all right? You, you want a doctor? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. Oh, I'm fine. This underwear, I didn't have time to get anything more stylish. My wife gave me this on my last birthday. I... Passed away in it. You... You what, mister? Mm. I see Tom Sawyer is drying out, too. Who? My book. I left in such a hurry, I brought Tom Sawyer with me. Hey, how'd you happen to fall in? Oh, I jumped in. I jumped in to save you. Jumped in to save me? Well, I... I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Hey, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah, it's against the law where I come from, too. <laughs> where do you come from? Heaven. Oh, that's very fine. Very your, fine. your lip's bleeding. Yeah, yeah, I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer. <laughs> oh, no, George, I'm the answer to your prayer. Hey, how, how'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. Well, who are you supposed to be, anyway? Clarence Oddbody, A.S. 2. Clarence Oddbody. What's the, what's the AS2 for? Angel, second class. Hey, I'm getting out of here. You may not need a doctor, but I do. Here you are, my good man. Hey, look here. Why do you want to save me? Because I'm your guardian angel, George. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Well, you look like about the kind of an angel I'd get. What, <laughs> what, uh, what happened to your wings? Well, I haven't won my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel, second class. Oh, I see. But you can help me earn them, George, by letting me help you. Oh, uh, don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you, do you? Oh, no, no. We, we don't use money in heaven. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Oh, I see. Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. <laughs> oh, cut, cut, cut. Of course, I found it out a little late. You know, I'm worth more dead than alive. You mustn't talk like that. Joseph will never give me my wings if you keep feeling that way. You just don't realize what you've done for your folks. Why, if it hadn't been for yes, you... Yes, if it hadn't been time... for me, everybody would be better off. My wife and my kids and my friends. Oh, this is not going to be easy. I'd all be better off if I hadn't been born. What did you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. George, that's wonderful. It's wonderful? What? The idea you just gave me. Well, you got your wish. You've never been born. I've never been born? Exactly. No worries, no $8,000 to get, nothing. You simply don't exist. All right, all right, okay, all right. George, I can do things, strange things. I can show you the world, George. 
the way it would be if you hadn't been born. Hey, wait, hey, wait a minute. This ear of mine. Hey, say something else in that bad ear. You don't have a bad ear anymore. Oh, I don't think you're concentrating. Oh. Don't you see? You're not the George Bailey you think you are. You're well, uh, you're nobody. Oh, that's a doggone thing I ever saw. That, that ear. Your lips stopped bleeding, too. Yeah. Yeah, hey, hey what's, what's happening around here? What is this, anyway? I need a drink. That's what I need. What, what about you, Angel? You want a drink? Well, I, I don't quite know. Come on, I... come on. We'll go as soon as our clothes are dry. Our clothes are dry, George. Hey, this, so they are. That's funny. Well, look, let's get dressed and we'll stroll over to Martini's and then... Uh, oh, excuse me. I mean, I'll stroll. You fly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't have my You don't wings. have your wings yet. No. That's right. I forgot that. I can't. A couple of drinks and we'll both fly, huh? What'll you have, fellas? Hey, where's the boss? Where's Martini? Look, wise guy, I'm the boss, see? Okay, well, double scotch, quick, will you? What's yours? You know what I just love? Some mulled wine. Huh? Heavy on the cinnamon and light on the cloves. Off with you, my lad, and lively now. Now, cut it out. Oh, no, come on, you just give him the same as I ordered. He's okay. Uh, He's two double scotch. What about this place? It's all changed. All of Bedford Falls has changed. You're having your wish, George. You've never been born. Oh, there'll be lots of things you've never seen before. <laughs> oh, good. Somebody just made it. Made what? Every time a bell rings, it means some angel's got his wings. What'd you say? Uh, look, uh, Clarence, I don't think you better talk about angels around here. Yeah. Don't they believe in angels? Oh, yeah, they believe in them, but you know, it's just a little well, then thing. Then why should you're... people be surprised when they see one? I don't mind him, bartender. He's just a little fellow. He just never grew up, man. How old are you anyway, Clarence? Well, next May, I'll be 293. That does it. A couple of pixies, huh? Go on, get you. Hear me, get. Hey, where's Martini? Will you stop tell me? asking about Martini? He ain't here any. Hey, you. Rami, didn't I tell you never to come panhandling around here? George, look. Hey, it's Mr. Gower. Mr. Gower. Listen, Mr. Gower, don't you know me? This is George Bailey. You, you buy me a drink, Mister? Just one drink, will you, Mister? Pinky. Yeah, Nick. Throw the rummy out. Oh no, no, please. Hey, bartender, that's that's Mr. Gower, the druggist. That rumhead spent twenty years in jail for poisoning some kid. If you knew him, you must be a jailbird yourself. Pinky, here's two more. Get him out of here. Get up, George. Good thing he threw us in a snowbank, huh? Where's, where's Mr. Gower? Mr. Gower doesn't know you, George. You see, you weren't there to stop him from putting poison into that prescription. What do you mean I wasn't there? Look. Look, tell me, what are you? Are you a hypnotist? George. Look, well, why am I seeing all these strange things here? Don't you understand? It's because you were not born. Well, if I wasn't born, then who am I? Nobody. You have no identity. Well, what do you mean, I have no identity? No I... papers, no driver's license, no 4F card, no insurance policy. Zuzu's bell. What? Zuzu's bell. I bought my little girl a bell to hang on the Christmas tree, and I forgot to give it to her. I've got it in my... I... It's gone. It's gone, too. Everything's gone. But you've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like if you'd never been born. You're crazy. You're crazy as a bedbug, and you're driving me crazy, too. Now look, I'm going home to my wife and family. Do you understand that? And I'm going home alone. They did not leave him alone, Clarence. 
Just keep following him. Joseph, oh, I'll stay near him, sir. Poor George. He's seeing Main Street now the way it'd be if he hadn't lived. The thing that's really shocked him, sir, is the building and loan office. Know what's there now? Pawn shop. What's he doing? Can you see? He's talking to Ernie Bishop, the taxi driver. He wants to go home. You better tag along, Clarence. Oh, I will, sir. I will. Come on, step on it, will you, Ernie? Get me home. I'm off my nut. Where do you live, buddy? Oh, now, doggone it, Ernie. Don't you start pulling that stuff on me. 323 Sycamore. 323 Sycamore. Yeah, hurry up. Zuzu's sick. Okay, buddy. Hey, look, Ernie, I, I don't know what's happening. I'm going crazy or something. I've got some bad liquor. I... Now, look, tell me this now. You're Ernie Bishop, right? And you live with your wife and kid, Donald. You've seen my wife? What do you mean? I've seen your wife. I've been in your house a hundred times. What do you, we, we built it for you, didn't we? Bud, my wife took the kid and ran away five years ago, and I ain't never seen you before in my life, see? Okay, Ernie, okay, okay. Just step on it. Get me home. Mary! Mary, where are you? Janie, Petey, Zuzu. Zuzu, where are you? This is just an old abandoned house, George. You have no wife, no children. Where are they? What have you done with them? Hey, I'll face that chintzy, I told you. All right, up with your hands. Oh, Bert, Bert the cop. Thank heaven you're here. Now, look, why don't you be a good fella and I'll take you to a doctor. Bert, now, Bert, listen to me. What's the matter with you guys? Now, listen, it's that fellow there. He says he's an angel. He tried to hypnotize me. I hate to use my nightstick, but I guess I... Ow! Uh, run, George, run. He can't hit you while I'm Ow! biting him. George, run! My teeth aren't what they used to be. Joseph, help! Joseph! Joseph! Where'd they go, Ernie? Where'd they go? I, I, I don't know. They just disappeared. Oh, Joseph, I hope you don't mind my calling on you like I did. It was very irregular, Clarence. You're by yourself again. Where's George? He's at his mother's house, sir. Well, if George hasn't been born, he has no mother. Oh, he's being very stubborn, sir. He'll just have to find these things out for himself. But his mother, that's a terribly bitter blow to a man, his old mother not knowing him. You mean I shouldn't have let him... I mean you better find him right away. Oh, and stop fighting policemen, Clarence. I'm here again, George. My mother, my own mother didn't know me. If only Harry were here. My brother were only back from Washington. Your brother fell through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. Well, that's a lie. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. Don't you see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Clarence? Yes? Where's Mary? Please, where's my wife? I, uh, I'm not supposed to tell. Tell me where she is. You're not going to like it, George. Where is she? I'll choke it out of you if I have to. Where's my wife? The library. She works there. She's just about to lock up for the night. So I, uh... George! George! Come back! Oh, there must be some easier way for me to get my wings. Mary. Mary. I'm sorry. The library's closed. Mary, it's George. Don't you know me? 
No, I don't know you. Let me go. Mary, please, don't do this to me, Mary. Please, help me. Help me. Where, where are our kids, Mary? I need you, Mary. Oh, get please. away from me. Help! Help! Help me, help me Mary. I'm George. Mary! <laughs> Oh, where is he, Joseph? Where's George? I'm afraid I've lost him, sir. You knew you shouldn't have let him try to see Mary. Now they're after him, a mob. They think he was trying to hurt her. Joseph, I won't even get one wing, will I? You have one more chance, Terrence. Get over to the bridge by the river. I think George has seen just about enough. But, uh, but the mob... Oh, don't worry. They've lost him, too. Now hurry up. Oh, thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Clarence. Clarence! Clarence, where are you? I'm here, George. Help me, Clarence. Get me back. I don't care what happens to me, only get me back to my wife and kids, please. I want to live again. Oh, thank you, George. Thank you, boy. I want to live again, please. Oh, God, please let me live again. George? Is that you down there, George? Now get out of here, Bert. Get out here. You come in any closer, I'll, what the I'll let you have it. What the hell are you yelling for, George? Come on. George. George, Bert. Bert, do you know me? No, yeah. I've been looking all over town for you. Where you been? Hey, Bert. Bert. I'm alive again, Bert. You sure you're all right? Hey, your mouth's bleeding. It is. Hey, my mouth's bleeding. Bert, look, look at the blood come out of there, would you? Huh? And where's Zuzu's Christmas bell, Bert? I had it right in my pocket. Here it is. Hey, it's in my pocket. What do you know about it? Hey, Merry Christmas, Bert. Well... Merry Christmas. Get in the car. I'll drive you home. You will, Bert. We'll do that. And turn the siren wide open, huh? Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Hey, Merry Christmas, old building alone. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. Yippee! Come on. Hey, Bert, come on, come on in with me, huh? What are these people, these reporters? Hey, oh, oh, Merry Christmas, reporters. Hey, Mr. Bank Examiner, Merry Mr. Christmas. Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know, $8,000, I'll bet, huh? George, I've got a little paper here. I'm sorry, I, but... I bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't that wonderful? Merry Christmas. Hey, where's Mary, you know? Look at this wonderful old drafty house. Isn't it wonderful? Have you seen my wife? Where's Mary? Mary! Hey, kid, Janie, Petey. Hey, oh, I could eat you up. Where's your mother? She went looking for you, Daddy, with Uncle Billy. Daddy? Zuzu, my little ginger snap. How do you feel, huh? Fine, Daddy. Not a snitch of temperature. Not a snitch of temperature. Hallelujah! George, George, darling. It's Mommy. Mommy's home. Mary. George, where have you been? Mary, oh, George, oh Mary, George. Now, look, let, just let me touch you. Oh, you're real, Mary. Oh, you've no idea what happened to me. Uh, you've no idea what's happened either. They're on their way here. Who? Who's on their way? Oh, the police department? I don't. The uh, FBI? The National Guard? I'm alive again, Mary. Oh, listen, Mary, I'm alive again. Oh yes, darling, yes. Now, now, close your eyes and, and come on downstairs. Oh, what is it? Can't open my eyes yet, Mary? What's going on here? Now, now keep your eyes closed. Now, I'll just walk you over here by the Christmas tree and... Well, the people I hear, lots of people. What, what is it? Lots of people. Just one minute now. We're all ready, Uncle Billy. Come in, everybody. George, look. Just look. Uncle Billy. Money, George. A laundry basket filled with money. Money for you. Mary did it, George. Mary. I don't, I don't understand. What money? What... People heard you in trouble, darling. These people, your friends, they've collected this money for you. The $8,000. Charlie. Hey, there's Mar there's Martini. Uh, Mr. Gower. Hey, how are you, Mr. Gower? Mrs. Thompson, Ed, Tom. 
everybody. None of us would have a roof over our heads if it wasn't for you, George. Garth, this is wonderful. Hey, Mary, look. Look who's coming in. Mother. Hi, Mother. Hey, and Harry. Got Mary's telegram, George. I flew in as fast as I could. Hey, everybody, a toast. How about a toast? Lord, good idea, Ernie. A toast to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. The the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. There's something written in it. Dear George, remember no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings, love, Clarence. Clarence? Yeah, he's a very dear friend of mine. Daddy, Mrs. Welsh says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right, Zuzu. That's right. That's right. Atta boy, Clarence. Atta boy, Clarence. Happy landing. It's a wonderful life so long as we can have such fine performances as we enjoyed tonight from Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, and Victor Moore. Jimmy, I'd like to thank whatever guardian angel whisked you back from Texas for our show this evening. Well, that guardian angel was an airline's wing, uh, Bill. <laughs> you were in Texas for the premiere of this picture, weren't you, Jimmy? Yeah, Frank Capra and I went down for five openings as many nights. Pretty good All down of them there in, in Texas. Texas yeah. Jimmy? yeah, every one of them. There are five premieres over Texas. You know, it's a pretty big state. Takes that many to <laughs> do it. Jimmy, I'm sure your fans were proud to read that you received an honorary degree from Princeton just the other week. Yes, how about that, Jimmy? Do we call you professor now? No, 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 no. It's just an M.A. Oh, Master of Arts? Well, I don't, it might have been. I don't know. It might be for murdering architecture. That's what I studied. <laughs> well, you know, Donna has an honorary degree to her credit, too. L-L-C. What's that, Bill? L-L-C? Well, you can see for yourself. A lovely Lux complexion. Well, thank you, Bill. Or rather, thank Lux Toilet Soap. It's a wonderful complexion care. I use it faithfully. With wonderful results, I see. Uh, what's happening next Monday night on Lux, Bill? Next week, we have another of the season's most successful films. It's 20th Century Fox's thrilling screen hit, Leave Her to Heaven, with lovely Jean Tierney. And a star who appears in answer to literally hundreds of requests. Cornell Wilde. Best, based on the best-selling novel of the same name, Leave Her to Heaven is the strange, dramatic story of a woman whose twisted mind and fiendish jealousy drive her to any lengths to hold the man she loves. Now that ought to make great listening, Bill. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Good night. night. Good, Good night, night, and thanks a million. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Gene Tierney and Cornell Wilde in Lever to Heaven. This is William Keeley saying good night to you from Hollywood.
Here's a sure way to save on your meat and grocery bills. Turn in used patch, kitchen pets to your butcher and receive a generous price for every pound. The worldwide supply of pets is still desperately short, and every drop you save helps in the making of soap, refrigerators, and other needed items. So save and turn in your used kitchen pets. Donna Reed appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of The Beginning or the End, starring Brian Donlevy and Robert Walker. James Stewart will soon be seen in the Robert Riskin production for RKO, Magic Town. Victor Moore will soon be seen in Roy Del Ruth's production, It Happened on Fifth Avenue. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers. This program is broadcast to our men and women overseas through cooperation with the Armed Forces Radio Service. And this is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to tune in again next Monday night to hear Lever to Heaven with Gene Tierney and Cornell Wilde. Fry. When you bake and fry, fry. or your cake and pie, fry. it's your shortening by Reliance Fry. Want fried foods crisp, golden, better tasting? Try Spry, the pure vegetable shortening that gives you delicious, better tasting fried foods. So digestible, too, the Spry way. Reliance Fry. S-P-R-Y. Reliance Fry. S-P-R-Y. Be sure to listen in again next Monday night to hear the Lux Radio Theater presentation of Lieber to Heaven. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Big taste, your thoughtfulness. of Hallmark greeting cards bring you the true and heartwarming story of a lonely young man's Christmas Eve in a small American town starring Frank Sinatra. For more than a third of a century, quality has been a habit with the makers of Hallmark cards. They are the kind of cards you can be proud to send, proud to receive. That's why, through the years, Hallmark cards have been America's favorite greeting cards. So if you want to send the very finest, look on the back for the three identifying words, a Hallmark card. These three words, a Hallmark card, are your assurance of finest quality. They tell your friends you cared enough to send the very best. And now, as usual, here is Richard Calmer well-known Broadway actor and producer to preside over tonight's Hallmark program, Mr. Calmer. Thank you, Tom Shirley, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest tonight is a fairly successful and fortunate young man. He's one of the stars of the MGM Technicolor musical, Till the Clouds Roll By. He has his own radio show on CBS for old gold cigarettes every Wednesday night. He has a voice and a degree of personal charm that has made him the idol of a generation of Americans. And he has at his disposal this evening what I consider to be one of the very finest dramatic scripts that we've ever presented on the Hallmark program. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Sinatra. Thanks, Dick. I say, I certainly agree with you about tonight's script. And as Crosby might say... Mr. Robert Sloan's 
sensitive and persuasive treatment of this Reader's Digest narrative is a veritable classic of dramaturgic felicity. <laughs> well, how would you say it, Frank? Well, I, I think I'd call it a happy story, and I'm glad it's a true one. I think it proves something pretty wonderful about the American people. There's a kind of warmth here, Dick, a spirit of friendly giving without thought of return that you don't quite find anywhere else. I'm kind of glad you invited me to be on the Hallmark program tonight, Dick, and I'm glad the story is the rich human report of an incident one Christmas Eve in Illinois. There was room for a stranger. He was sitting on a suitcase in a crowded railroad station, waiting for the gateman to announce his train. He was a Navy flyer just back from overseas, and he was having trouble finding a comfortable position for his leg, the one who was hurt in the crash. He was going to be operated on in two days at the Great Lakes Naval Hospital, but you'd never have known it to look at him. He was sitting there smiling like the happiest guy in the world, because it was December 24, 1943, and he was going to spend Christmas with his girl. That's us, isn't it, Porter? Yes, sir. That's us, all right. Uh, here, let me help you up, sir. No, no, I can... I can make it. There. Come on, let's get going. Yes, sir, yes. Oh, here yeah, now, don't pick up your bag, sir. That's what you got me for. <laughs> I didn't realize I had it. You sure is a powerful hurry to get aboard, sir. I hope you ain't going to make me run. I'm not running, am I? I, I just don't want to miss that train. Yes, sir. Gee, it must be uh, awful pretty, sir. Yeah, Yes, she is. I mean, gosh, is it that easy to tell it? I'm thinking about it. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, we we better get going. Yes, sir. Uh, excuse me, sir. Are you Lieutenant Scott, Lieutenant Joel Scott? Yes, that's right. Well, I'm glad I found you. I have a telegram for you. Telegram? Uh, yes, sir. Will you uh, sign here, please? Oh, oh, sure, thanks. Right. Want me to go ahead, sir? Oh, no, wait a minute. I'd better read this first. It might be official and, you know... Oh, oh, it's from my commanding officer. It, uh, ain't bad, is it? Yeah, kind of. Look, report to Great Lakes Naval Station noon, December 25th. Sorry, must cancel leave. December 25th? Uh, that's, uh, tomorrow, sir. Yeah, he could have wished me a Merry Christmas. Cowcatcher stops at them all, don't it? Yeah, it looks that way. I generally take a sleeper on this run, but um, I couldn't get one this time. War, you know, kind of cuts in on a traveling man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was a gunnery sergeant in the last one, but uh, they wouldn't take me for this one somehow. They said I might just well be right on selling baby nipples. <laughs> oh? <laughs> yeah. You, uh... Going home for Christmas? No. 
I didn't think you were. I kind of got a glimpse of that telegram you were reading without meaning to, of course, but uh, you read it so many times, I couldn't help seeing that part about the hospital. Oh, that's all right. You don't have to apologize. No secret where I'm going. What's the matter, son? They're going to do something about your leg? I don't know what they're going to do. Lots of things, I guess. What difference does it make? Don't you care? Oh, sure I care. I'm just a little browned off, that's all. I was figuring on spending Christmas with my girl. Oh. Haven't you seen her yet? No, not since I got back. Well, uh, where she live, I get around the country a lot. Maybe I could look her up and tell her that I... Oh, I couldn't ask you to do that. She, she lives in Bellport. Illinois? Yeah. Well, that's not so far from here. It's only about an hour or so from Rockford Junction. That doesn't do me much good. Where's Rockford Junction? Well, it's just a couple of stations up the line. We get there about midnight. Mm, what if we do? Well, let me see now. If, um, if you don't have to be at Great Lakes till noon, I think you can make it. Make what? Connections. All you have to do is get a train over to Bellport and be back in time to pick up the next local to Great Lakes... And I know there's one about 6 o'clock in the morning because I've been on it. Look, I don't know what you're talking about. Christmas is tomorrow. Yeah, but it's tonight too, son, after midnight. Now, if you can get over to Bellport and back, you might be able to spend a few hours with her. At 1 o'clock in the morning? Why not? I bet she'd be willing to see you any time, especially on Christmas morning. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll look it up in the schedule. She sure would be kind of nice. I could send her a telegram. Yes, and... sir. Here we are right here. Leave Rockford Junction at 1222. Arrive at Bellport at uh, 1.15 a.m. And you can get the 4.30 back to the main line. I can? Let me see that. Sure. It's right here, son. In black and white. You can have a little over four hours with her. If she meets you at the station. Oh, she'd do that all right. The only thing is I, I'll have to send her a telegram to the next Danville station. Danville Corners! Danville Corners! Gosh, I, I don't have much time to make up my mind, do I? I didn't know you had to make it up, son. Well, I don't, but... Say, conductor! Conductor! Yes, sir? Have I got time to stop off here and send a wire? Mm, you better hurry, son. We only stay here a minute. Well, can't you just... I mean... All right, all right. Put it down on a piece of paper, and I'll give it to the station master myself. Gee, thanks, conductor. Thanks a million. <laughs> Junction, Rockford Junction. Here, let me help you with that grip, son. Oh, I'm, I'm all right. I, I don't need any help, thanks. Well, take care of yourself, Lieutenant. Merry Christmas. You bet. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Oh. So long, conductor. So long, son. station master. I just wanted to tell you we don't have any taxi cabs here at the junction, but if you need a lift with that bag, I'll be glad to. Well, thanks a lot, but you see, I'm not staying here tonight. I'm just waiting for the 1222 to Bellport. Pardon? The 1222 to Bellport. It'll be along any minute, won't it? Why? Are you expecting somebody on it, son? Oh, no. I'm going to take it myself. Going up to meet my girl. Ah. Oh. Haven't seen her for a long time, and, well, we'll be together for a couple of hours anyway. 
Say, it's a great night, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, only I was just wondering. I've never seen you around these parts before. How'd you know there was a 1222 to Bellport? Are you kidding? No, sir. Well, it says so right here on the timetable. Here, look. Well, that's a regular train, all right. But you know it's after midnight, son. Today's Christmas. What, what do you mean? Well, look down here in the fine print. You can see what it says. Uh, trains marked with a star will not run Thanksgiving Day or December 25th. taking me. Is, isn't there a phone in the station? No, not a pay phone. Let's go down to Woody's restaurant over here. It's at the end of the platform. Oh. If you get a chance, you ought to try some of that pumpkin pie Woody's got. His, his missus bakes it herself and it's pretty... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try it right after I make my phone call. Are you sure I can't get a cab or a bus or anything to Bellwood tonight? Uh, no, sir. Not this late, but I'll tell you what you can do. What's that? Have your girl come down and meet you here. There's a train leaves Bellport 115, and that one is running tonight. Oh, gee, I don't know now. That'd be asking an awful lot. Well, it's up to you, son. Uh, uh, this is Woody's place right here. Well, thank you. It's all right. Uh, I'm coming in with you for some of that pie. Hiya, Woody. All right. Got a young fella here who wants to use your phone. Yeah, sure. Right over here on the wall. On on the wall? Yeah. I thought maybe you had one in the booth. In the booth? Oh, well, I guess it isn't that important. It's just that I'm going to be talking to my girl. Ah, shucks, son. We won't listen in, but besides, I'm sure there's nothing you could say it wouldn't make decent hearing for other folks. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I have some of that pie, Woody. Yeah, you bet. Hello? At operator, will you get me Bellport 9613, please? Here you are, Harry. Fresh baker's news. Shh, don't make so much noise. Uh, just a minute, operator. I'll, I'll have it for you in a second. Hey, here, here. You need some change? Oh, thanks. I'll pay you back as soon as I get the... Take your time. Uh, hey, it's good pie, Woody. Hello? Hello, Susan? This is me, honey, Joel. Yeah, I'm over here at Rockford Junction. Did you get my wire? Oh, I'm all right. But listen, baby, this, this train to Bellport, it, it isn't running tonight. So I don't think I'll be able to see you. No, not unless you wanted to come over here. Well, there wouldn't be much to do, you know. We'd both be strangers in town and... Well, yes. Sure. Yeah, there's a train for, from Bellport, all right. Uh, hold on a second. I'll find out when it leaves. Say, would, would you tell me it when... It Bellport at 1.15, get here at 2.04. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello, Susan. Look, it leaves Bellport at 1.15. But you think it's all right for you to... Sure, sure I want to see you. More than anything in the world. No, it, it isn't that. It, I just can't talk very well here. The phone's on the wall and... <laughs> you will? Gee, that's swell. All right, baby. Look, you bundle up warm now and I'll meet you at the train. Yeah. And Sue... I don't care who's listening. I love you more than anything in the whole world.
Frank Sinatra will be back in just a moment with the second act of tonight's Hallmark drama from the pages of the Reader's Digest, America's favorite magazine. Now, here's Dick Homer. There's something really new, really different in Christmas cards this year. The new Hallmark Gamebird cards designed especially for men. These cards feature 12 different illustrations of America's favorite game birds in their rich, natural color. Each is a faithful reproduction of one of Lynn Bogue Hunt's famous paintings, Game Birds of America. These new Hallmark Game Bird cards really talk a man's language. They're really Christmas cards to send to any man and for every man to send. Masculine as a briar pipe, friendly as a log fire, colorful as all outdoors. Yes, Dick, they're cards that really talk a man's language. But I would like to make a suggestion to all the wives in our audience. When you're shopping tomorrow, take home one or more portfolios of Game Bird cards for your husband to send to his special friends. He'll think they're wonderful. Yes, for really new Christmas cards this year, ask your dealer for Hallmark Game Bird cards designed especially for men. Hallmark cards are sold in America's finest shops and stores. Now, back to Frank's... I'll be home for Christmas You can plan on me Please have snow
Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater brings you Joseph Cotton and Dorothy McGuire in I'll Be Seeing You. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. And to those greetings, may I add our heartiest wishes for a very Merry Christmas. It's a privilege for me, for all of us, to share the enjoyment of this peacetime Christmas Eve with you. Traditionally, Christmas brings people closer together, and that's what happens in our play tonight. The poignant story of two people who find themselves very much in love, but whose yuletide happiness is shadowed by a strange threat. It's David O. Selznick's screen hit, I'll Be Seeing You, starring Joseph Cotton and Dorothy McGuire. In true holiday spirit, one of our listeners in the East has just written me of a Christmas relief bundle that she and a group of women sent to friends and relatives in Larvik, Norway. Knowing that that country hadn't received a scrap of wool in five years, they collected all the woolen garments they could find, sweaters, caps, gloves, socks, dresses, then, she adds, we knew we must send Lux Flakes to care for them. And so those cheerful blue and white packages of Lux Flakes became an important part of our Christmas bundle. To Mrs. Sorensen, the author of that kind deed, all our thanks. And I'm sure she and her friends will have the lasting thanks of Christmas-cheered Norwegians. Here's the first act of, I, of one of I'll Be Seeing You, starring Joseph Cotton as Zachary Morgan and Dorothy McGuire as Mary Marshall. On the 24th of December, just one year ago, a girl left the warden's office of the state prison for women. She walked across the wide courtyard to a massive iron gate. What's your number? 40721. Here's my pass. Mm, Mary Marshall? Yes. Wait a minute. Yes? Shelby, North Gate, 40721 with a pass. Check. Let her out. Okay, thanks. You're free as a bird, girlie. How long? Till the 1st. Remember that. Till January 1st. And don't cross the state line. I'll remember. And don't forget, we'll be holding that nice little room for you. And on that same morning, in a different section of the same city... I can't tell you how glad I am to see you getting out of the hospital, Sergeant. Thanks, Doctor. I, I wish I had a little more of your confidence. You're not entirely well, no. But the only thing that's holding you back is yourself. I'll do my best. What... What if I should get one of those uh, spells while I'm away? It's possible you will. Call a doctor and then get in touch with us or any other army hospital. Just avoid excitement. Don't tire yourself. Yes, sir. Remember, Zach, you're a normal human being. You've been sick and now you're getting well. Now, let's see. Your leave will be over when? New Year's Day. Just have a good time, Zach. Good luck, and I'm proud of you. Thanks, Doctor. It's quite an adventure getting out in the world again. But I'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be fine. A 
And that's how, an hour or so later, a girl named Mary Marshall and a soldier named Zachary Morgan looked at each other from opposite seats of a westbound train. Excuse me, but you dropped your magazine. What? Here, your magazine. You dropped it. Oh, oh, oh thank you. Going home on a furlough, Sergeant? I'm on a furlough. They, they gave me a furlough. You? Oh, I'm taking a vacation. Christmas vacation. Oh. Uh, what sort of work do you do? Well, I, I, I travel. A traveling saleswoman. Um, sales lady. <laughs> well, I never heard any jokes about traveling sales ladies. <laughs> Guess there aren't any. You know, I, I would have guessed you were a secretary or a model, maybe, a school teacher. <laughs> well, I, I was once a secretary, and I wanted to be a model, so that would have been pretty good guessing. Going to Los Angeles? Oh, no, I get off quite soon at Pine Hill. Oh, is that your home? No, I'm just visiting my aunt and uncle. That's funny. I, I'm going to Pine Hill, too. Uh, my sister lives in Pine Hill. Oh, oh, I'll bet she'll be crazy to see you. I hope so. Maybe we'll run into each other there. Yes. Say, uh... Would you like a cup of coffee or something, a sandwich? Uh, well, uh, yes, I would. Good, I, I think there's a club car or something down this way. I, oh, 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 I'm my, sorry. My fault. I'm pretty clumsy. I keep bumping into people all the time. Yes, I, I think it's down this way. Taxi lady, taxi. Oh, yes, please. Well, goodbye, Sergeant. Goodbye. Oh, oh wait, wait, if... Uh, if anybody tried to phone you, uh, how could they get you? Well, my uncle's in the book, Henry Marshall. Henry Marshall. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, well, uh, what's your name? Mary. Mary Marshall. Mary Marshall. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, if uh, somebody calls and says it's Zachary Morgan, that, that's me. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad to know you. Have a good vacation. I will. You too. Oh, uh, hey, mister. Yes? You happen to know of any hotels around here? Well, there's just one, Sergeant, but it's filled up. Is there a YMCA? Why, yes. You see that church steeple back there? Well, that's Center Street. Just turn to your left and you run right into it. Thanks, thanks a lot. Turn luck, Sergeant. Just this one room left. It'll do fine, I'll take it. Staying here for long, are you? A week or so, I'm uh, not sure. Oh, about the rent, No I... hurry, boy. Just stop at the desk sometime. And if there's anything you want, you just holler. Thanks, I will. Don't get worried, Zach. Don't get worried. You've got a problem, sure, but very simple. You're to hang up your coat, unpack your bag, and put everything neatly away without dropping anything or bumping into the furniture. You think you can do that? Well, let's try. That bayonet wound is all healed, but the wound in your mind... <clears throat> the wound in your mind is... going to take a little longer. Don't get too tired. Don't give in. Then you won't get any of those... Uh, those things that wind up with a shot in the arm or, or an ice pack or that, that little room. What's the matter, Zach? Forgot... Forgot where you were for a moment. It's all right. Yeah. You'll get well. You'll get well. You'll get well. Oh, just let me look at you, Mary. Why, you haven't changed at all, oh, dear. Not thank, at all. Thank you, Aunt Sarah. Oh, it's good to be here. We're so glad to have you. <laughs> Barbara, Mary's here. You 
can share Barbara's oh, room, dear. I, I don't want to disturb anybody. Oh, Nancy's now here. Give me your coat. Barbara's 17, 17. now. Mm -hmm. oh. She's pretty spoiled, though. I think an older girl will be a very good thing for her right now. <laughs> well, there's a million things to talk about, but first, you want to wash up. Barbara, why, Aunt Sarah, she's a beauty. Welcome home. <laughs> Take Mary up to your room, dear. If you're busy, Barbara, I can... Just follow me, lady, to my boudoir. <laughs> Some boudoir, practically no bigger than a... Barbara. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. Now, look, we all know I've been in prison and I'm going back to prison. So it just isn't right for anybody to try and cover up. You're a wonderful girl, Mary. Now, run on up, dear. Take that bag, Barbara. Well, here we are, Mary. All the comforts of home. Mm, it's nice, Barbara. We have our own bathroom. See? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, Mary, I was just thinking that that's nothing I suit you have on. Well, thank you. You were thinking something else, too. Well, I guess I was. I just... Well, well, I never knew they gave vacations to people. Well, I didn't know about it either, Barbara, until the warden told me. Yes, in certain states... They give special furloughs to people for good behavior. Oh, I think it's wonderful they have that confidence in you. Yes, I think so, too. Well, I'd better wash up. There are two towel racks, Mary. Yours is on the left. Thank you. And the soap. Uh, there are two bars here. Yes, I, I thought you might like a new cake. It's right there. Mary? Yes, I heard you. I'm not using your soap. Well, I'll, I'll run along downstairs. Thank you, Barbara. But first I want to hear about Uncle Henry How is he? Oh, fine, dear Except he works too hard That darn drugstore of his Oh, I've been so anxious to see him, Aunt Sarah And you mm, That's sweet of you, dear But I guess you'd be happy to see, well, anybody Has it been bad, Mary? Oh, I've survived It's just this feeling I get about coming out into the world again Now, you listen to me you did something, and you're paying your debt to society. Most people will be willing to let it go at that. I know, but I... Well, I just don't seem to belong. I don't fit in. And the dreams I've had for the future are just impossible. Well, most dreams are, dear. But I'm not talking about palaces and rainbows. I'm talking about a home like this with a kitchen and a stove and an icebox. And a husband and a child. Yes, I have all that. But I used to dream about palaces and rainbows. But you're happy. Of course, because I didn't hold out for too much. I accepted what was second best. You have to get used to accepting what you think is second best, and then you find out that it's first best after all. Oh, Barbara! I'll get it. No, I don't see how that could ever work for me. <laughs> well, I have time to think about it. Lots of time. Telephone! Coming, dear! It's for Mary. For me? Oh, it's this way, dear, in the hall. Oh. It's a man, Mary. He sounds super. <laughs> Come along with me, Barbara. We'll set the table. Hello? Oh, yes, Zach. Of course I meant it. Oh, well, what about your sister? Oh, that's too bad. Well, I'd love to, Zach, but, um... Oh, wait a minute. Aunt Sarah. Yes, dear? It's a soldier I met on the train. Oh? He came to visit his sister, but he just found out she's away and he wants me to go to dinner. But why not ask him here for dinner? May I, Aunt Sarah? Why, of course. Tell him to come right over. Hello, Zach. You ought to come here for dinner. Oh, but we want you. Hmm? Oh, 617 Elm Street. That's right. <laughs> Goodbye. Is he good looking, Mary? 
Why, I don't know. Didn't you notice? Now that's enough, Barbara. Just get the table set. Wow, a soldier for dinner. Dad, can I come in? Dad. Hi. Mother says for you to hurry. Mary Soldier will be here any minute. Oh, that's fine. Tell Mother I'll be right down. Dad. What? You know, you never told me anything about Mary. Why was she sent to prison? You can find that out some other time, when you're older. Oh, that's what Mother says. But I still don't see why I shouldn't know. Now, Mary made a little mistake, and that's all there is to it. D don't bother me now. But they don't send you to prison for just doing nothing. What if my friends ask me about her? Just tell them that Mary's your cousin. And from that point on, they can mind their own business. Seems to me that your business might be helping your mother. Oh, Dad. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, th I thought this was the Marshall home. It is. Is Miss Marshall here? I'm Miss Marshall. I mean, uh, Mary Marshall. Oh, well, she... Barbara, stop teasing that young man. Oh, I'm Mary's aunt. You're, you're Zach. Yes. Please come in. This is Barbara, my foolish daughter. Oh, hello. Hi. Hello, Zach. Oh, hello, Mary. Oh, well, you found it all right. Mary, take Zach into the living room. Make him comfortable. Henry! Here I come. Come along, Barbara. Oh, Mother. This is swell, Mary. I haven't been in a real home like this in almost as long as I can remember. It's too bad about your missing your sister. Uh, Mary, I... I'm in this house under false pretenses. I, I really haven't a sister. I just made all that up. Made it up? Yes, when you said you were getting off the train at Pine Hill, I, I had to make some, some sort of excuse so I could get off, too. Oh... Well, good evening. Oh, um, Uncle Henry, this is Sergeant Morgan, my Uncle Henry. Happy to have you, you here, do. Sergeant. Thank you, sir. Very happy. Make yourself at home. Uh, <clears throat> how about a little drink? I have some bourbon. Oh, thank you. I, I'm not drinking uh, just now. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. Neither am I. <laughs> Funny thing, people that have it don't want it. People that can't get it. Well, you ought to see the act they put on my drugstore to get that stuff. <laughs> Mary, you sit over here. And Zach, down there. Thank you. And well. Dad, now, I think you can both be over oh, there. Oh, there, there you that, That's it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> think I'll say a little blessing. We thank you, God, for our daily bread. We'll do our best to deserve it. Please look after all our dear ones, all the boys who are far from home, and all who are in the hospitals. Amen. Amen. You aren't used to saying grace, are you, Zach? Well, in the Army, I guess you don't have time. You said as if you meant it, sir. I do, Sergeant. Makes me want to say that, well, I'm grateful, too, for, well, for being here, for everything. Oh, thank you, Zach. Hey, you must be quite a soldier. Oh, I say that. Oh, let the man eat his soup. But look, the Good Conduct Medal. Two campaigns in the South Pacific and the Purple Heart. For heaven's sake, where'd you learn all that? Girl gets to know medals like she does boogie-woogie. But the Purple Heart... Why, that means you were wounded. Oh, come on, Zach. Tell us how you got to be a hero. Barbara, and after dinner, you take off some of that lipstick. Looks as if you fell into a pot of paint. <clears throat> Sergeant, you must have been disappointed not to find your sister. Well, oh, yes. Oh, she yes, had a chance yes. to spend the holidays in California. Oh, it was quite yes. sudden. Uh, she wasn't expecting Zach, was she? No, no, she wasn't. Zach, are you mad at me? Huh? Well, for asking all those questions. No, I'm, I'm not mad. Uh, you mad, Mary? No, I, I'm not mad. Uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Marshall? Well, yeah. <laughs> What's there to be mad about? No, Barbara, I, I don't think anybody's mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, for heaven's sake, pitch in, everybody. Pitch in. <laughs>
After a brief intermission, we'll bring you Act Two of I'll Be Seeing You, starring Joseph Cotton and Dorothy McGuire. Every screen picture started as an idea in the mind of a writer. Tonight, Betty Bryant, wife of Leslie Charteris, one of Hollywood's most famous writer of mystery stories, is here as our guest. Mr. Charteris wrote the famous Saint series and Universal's current thriller, Lady on a Train. Tell me, Betty, I hear Leslie writes very rapidly. What's his secret? Well, for one thing, he never changes a word. Hmm, sounds like genius. He says he really doesn't like writing. He'd rather cook. He does that too? Yes, and I don't mean just steaks and chops. Some of his more sensational recipes take a day to do. Hmm, the most I can handle is scrambled eggs. You know, if I didn't know Leslie had written so many exciting stories, I'd say he'd missed his vocation. Which of his mysteries is your favorite? Well, my favorite story is Saint Overboard, but my real favorite is something the public's never read, the letter Leslie wrote asking me to marry him. He wrote you instead of asking you in person? Well, you see, I was singing in New York, and he was working here in Hollywood. And now you're both, both here. Tell me, what does Leslie do besides work? Well, we both love to take our trailer for a quick vacation. Mm, doesn't that mean extra work for you? I like it. We take a minimum of baggage and a box of trusty Lux Flakes, Mr. Keeley. Lux is a wonderful fresher-upper after a dusty ride. You know, for things like underthings and blouses. I'm sure John Kennedy likes to hear you say that, Betty. Yes, and thousands of women all over the country agree with Mrs. Charteris. They've discovered that Lux Care keeps pretty undies, as well as other nice washables, lovely much longer. In actual tests, slips and nighties washed with strong soap, hot water, and rough handling soon looked faded and drab. But with Lux Care, the identical garments stayed lovely three times as long. I don't doubt it, Mr. Kennedy. And if Santa brings me some pretty new lingerie for Christmas, you can be sure that I shall continue to use Lux Care. Well, Betty, I hope Santa is listening in. And many thanks for being with us. We continue with Act Two of I'll Be Seeing You, starring Joseph Cotton as Zack and Dorothy McGuire as Mary. It's about three hours since dinner time, and down on Main Street, Zack and Mary are just walking out of the lobby of Pine Hills Movie Theater. Zack's face is strained and drawn as he takes Mary's arm and heads aimlessly down the street. What's the matter, Zack? Chilly? Hmm? Oh, oh, no, no, not chilly. <laughs> I, I don't know where you're walking. We go the other way. Oh, I'm sorry. Zack. What's the matter? I just... Nothing, nothing's the matter. It was the picture, wasn't it, about the war? Zach, why didn't you say something? It, it wasn't such a bad picture. Is war really like that? I guess so. You guess so? Well, they have experts making those pictures. I, I guess that's the way they see the war. A beach a mile long and thousands of soldiers and tanks and machine guns. I, I guess that's the way it is. It wasn't that way for you. Well, it... It, it, it's just the difference in size. To a guy that's in it, the war is about ten feet wide and kind of empty. It, it, it's you and a couple of fellows from your company, maybe, and, and the Japs. It, it's, it's all kind of mixed up. Sometimes it's all full of noise, and sometimes it's quiet. It depends on what you're thinking about, I guess. Uh, how, how scared you are, how cold you are, and how wet you are. Uh, Mary, you know what? What? I mean, well, usually I, I don't like to talk about the fighting. I, I never said anything about it ever before, not to anybody. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have known. No, no. I, 
I feel kind of good. Let's have a drink or something. All right. There's a place across the street. Yeah, well, let's see what it's like. Let's go across the street. This booth all right, sir? Oh, it's fine. Sure you... All you want is coffee? <laughs> Positive. Oh, come on. It's Christmas. Sky's the limit. Have a piece of pie with it. <laughs> Not after Aunt Sarah's dinner. <laughs> They're nice people, Mary. You're nice people, too. Here you are. Two cups of coffee. Thank you. Say, I'm an old army man myself. Cream, Mary. No, thanks. I was in France in World War Number 1. And you know what? They're kidding themselves. This is exactly the same kind of war. Sure you won't have some cream. Thanks. The Navy, Marines, Air Force. Okay, great, great, great. But... This one's going to be just like the last one. A soldier like you and me, walking out on his own two feet and slugging it out with his rifle, with his bayonet. Sugar? Hmm? Uh, oh, thanks. You got enough in that bowl? Yeah, plenty. Like I was saying, when this thing starts, I try to sign up again. I tell him I want a chance to knock a couple of Japs' heads together. I'm strong, see? Squash them like a couple of eggs, I could. But they wouldn't have me. Wouldn't let me fight. Why? On account of this. Look, look, my face, see? Yeah. Go on, go on, look, I don't mind. I see, I see. Zach. Are you sure you're all it's right? It's kind of a twitch, see? I got a little shell shock. Well, it left me with this. I, nobody ever notices it, but that squirt medic, it turns me down. Now, now tell shut, you up, shut, up, shut up, shut up, shut up. What's the matter with him? Zach, where are you going? Hey, what's up, sister? Hitting the bottle, huh? Zach, please. If we walk fast, Zach, we'll get nice and warm. I'm, uh... I'm glad you like walking. Mmm, it's a fine night. Oh, it's Christmas Eve. That's right, it is. Mary, I'm all right now. Thank you. Thank you for not asking any questions. Sometimes I don't like questions either. Let's just walk, hmm? Let's just walk. I'd like to ask you in, Zach, but it's late Mary, I... and... I think you ought to know something. I wish I could tell you. I wish I could explain it. You probably think it. Well, I look fine, don't I? Healthy, don't I? Well, I am. Look, you see this rock? Yes. Well, watch. Watch me hit that lamppost down there. Oh, you're terrible. I'll bet I could do better than that. Now, watch me. Sure. Right. Thanks, Mary. Good night. Zach. Zach. Mary? Oh, hello, Barbara. I thought you'd be asleep. I've been writing letters. Look at them all. I'm the pinup girl for five fellas. I keep up their morale, maybe. Well, it must be nice to help somebody's morale. Oh, you can write letters. You know, they just like to get mail from anybody. I mean... Well, you, you don't have to know them awfully well, too. When I was 17, I had trouble finding the right words, too. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I keep hurting you. That's all I do. I keep hurting you, and I don't want to. I guess it's uncomfortable for you to meet somebody like me. But maybe when you get to know me, you'll feel differently. Oh, I want to know you, Mary. Really, I do. Barbara, how much do you know about me? Well, not much. Mother and Dad still treat me like a child. Everything's a big secret. I don't think it would hurt you to know. As a matter of fact, it might help. Well, Barbara, when I was 15, my mother died. Oh, I remember her. She used to make clothes for all my dolls. Mm, and not long after that, my father died. I finished school, and then I went to work. In a couple of years, I found myself working for a man, well, the kind of man you dream about when you're 19 and lonely. He was single, he was good-looking, 
And, well, I started dreaming. Bosses do marry their secretaries. Well, one night there was a party. It was the first time he'd asked me anywhere. It was at his apartment. Except that when I got there, there wasn't any party, only him. And then he wouldn't let me leave. He'd been drinking. And, oh, it was all mixed up like some kind of terrible nightmare. Once I almost got away when he fell over a chair. But he caught me and dragged me back. And then I pushed him. I pushed him as hard as I could. And he fell back. There was a low window and he crashed through, screaming and clawing for something to hold on to. His apartment was on the 14th floor. Oh, Mary, how awful. But it's wrong. They shouldn't have sent you to prison. If I'd been lucky enough to get away before he was killed, there wouldn't have been any crime. But a man was dead. The jury said manslaughter. That meant five years. Please forgive me, Mary. Oh, please. It's all right, darling. It's all right. Hello? Is that you, Mary? Yes. This is Zach. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Mary, I, I'd like to see you if I can now. It's sort of important. Well, certainly, Zach. Uh, do you want to come here? The family's just going to church. Well, I, uh, Mary, I, I want to talk to you about last night, and it may take some time. <laughs> well, I have time, plenty of time. There's the bus that leaves the railroad station. It goes up to a lake. It, they say it's pretty out there, and we can be by ourselves. Well, that'll be fine, Zach. I'll meet you at the station in 20 minutes, all right? Well, that's fine, Mary. Thank you. Goodbye. And just before they left the church, they insisted you come for Christmas dinner. So no arguments, please. Now, now look, they don't know me from Adam. It's Christmas. Yes, I... it is Christmas. And I'd say that was the best reason of all why you should come. Well, well, well sure, I'll be glad to. <laughs> well, that's better. Look, there's the lake, Zach. It's not, not a very big lake, is it? <laughs> we can sit here on this rock if it isn't too cold. Well, let's try it out. <laughs> this reminds me of the lake I used to go to when I was a kid back in Maryland. I had a job every spring there, repairing the boats. Oh. Mary, I... I want to tell you why I got mad at that man in the coffee shop last night and why I walked away like that after I threw the rock at the lamppost and missed it. You don't have to tell me, Zach. Look, I was brought up in a home, an orphan's home. Well, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Well, I'm not. It's not like being in prison or anything like that. No. Well, in the home, uh, there was a janitor. He was a shell shock case, too. Whenever we could get our hands on any firecrackers, we'd bang them off and laugh at him the, the way he'd jump. Well, that fellow in the coffee shop reminded me of him, and they, they both made me think of what I'd be in a few years. Only, the only difference is that now they have a fancy word for it, uh, neuropsychiatric. But doctors must know a lot more about it. Maybe they do. But they don't know something about me that I know. You see, before I, I went in for engineering... I was an athlete, a pretty good one. I know what my timing used to be. The doctors don't. It's gone, Mary. I... Why, before this happened to me, I could have hit that lamppost all day. I... Why, <laughs> I don't know why I'm bothering you with all this. Yes, I do. I'm bothering you because... because I feel so much better when I talk to you. I like to be with you. I like to be with you. Mary, I, I want to talk about you. Tell me. Um, what? Well, for instance, how did you become a traveling sales lady? Well, I 
started out wanting to be a model, and after that I got with this dress company, and now I travel for them. Where? Well, after your vacation, where do you go? Um, back to Dallas, and then to New Orleans, Florida. Mary, can you make me believe in myself the way you believe in yourself? What makes you think I do? <laughs> I can tell. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you hold your head. <sighs> Maybe that just pretends to impress you. Look, no, no. there's a boat down there. Yeah. Oh, not a real boat, just a toy boat. At the edge of the water, see? Oh. It's half buried there in the mud. Yeah, some little kid once owned that boat. Mm. Probably thought it could take him all around the world oh. and back. I wish it could. I wish we could get on it and... Where would you like to go? Not, not Florida or New Orleans, some place like the moon, maybe. Mm, with a good breeze, maybe we could make it. Mary, if it uh, were a real boat and the moon a real place, would you go? There's no harm in dreaming, is there, Zach? Yes, I'd go. I'd go. getting to know your uncle's gate very well. This is where we were standing last night. What are you doing? Getting another stone. See how my timing is in daylight. Hey, it's the idea, knocking it out of my hand. I'm not going to have you run out on me again. <laughs> now, come on in the house. Here it comes, everybody. Oh. Love pudding. Well, oh, God, it's not a fight. Henry, well, look. You know, I never could figure it out. If the plum pudding is on fire, why doesn't it ever get burned? It must be the alcohol and the brandy. I guess that's it. Personally, I think that's a terrible waste of good cognac. Oh, don't worry, Henry. There's lots left. Oh, I wouldn't trust Mom with it, Dad. Oh, now I'm not going to listen to that again. You may not believe this about your dear Aunt Sarah, Mary, but last year she got as high as a Oh, cotton. Henry, not <laughs> They're trying to drag out a family skeleton, Mrs. Marshall, and won't listen. True as I sit here. Had a glass of sherry to bring in the new year, and by George, you should have seen her. She did about everything but hands. Oh, now, see here, Henry. If you're in such good voice, how about a Christmas carol? Mm, something tells me Aunt Sarah's trying to change the subject. Well, nothing of the sort. Christmas carols go with plum pudding, and that's what we're eating, plum pudding. All right, darling, all right. <coughs> What'll it be? Oh, I think I like Little Town of Bethlehem best. Fine. A little Town of Bethlehem it is. <coughs> Mimi. <coughs> oh, little town of Bethlehem. How still we see thee lie Above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by Yet in thy dark streets shineth The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years Are met in thee Tonight. Well, Zach, it's pretty good having another man around here. I, I can't quite tell you how I feel. This is the best Christmas I ever had. To think that, that, that you wanted me here, that you all had presents for me. Well, yesterday, I was a stranger here. I, I, I mean, I, I felt like a prisoner inside myself. Oh. Now, well, just to be in a home like this, maybe someplace I can come back to next month or next year. Oh, excuse well, me, please. Did I say something? Oh, oh, no, Zach, no. It's just that Mary's sentimental. Especially at Christmas. Oh, I'd better... Oh, Mary, Mary. It, it's all right. I'm, I'm just so silly. Well, is 
it anything I, I did, Mary? Anything to do with what I, I talked about at the lake? It's just a combination of things. The plum pudding and the singing and the very nice things you said. Mary, maybe I'd better get out of here. Oh, it isn't polite to eat. I didn't mean just this house. I meant Pine Hill. I ought to leave you alone. You're just fishing. You just want me to ask you to stay. Well, ask me. Please stay, Zach. Mary, I... I'd stay forever if I could. Forever? Well, Mary, dear, time to go turn in, I guess. It's been a big day. Mm, and I had to spoil it with that scene at dinner. Now, honey, we'll have no more of that. Barbara? Coming! Might have happened to any girl. Could have been just Christmas sentiment. Well, good night, Mary. Good night, Uncle Henry. Aunt Sarah. Yes, dear. I've been wondering if I should tell him about me. Not for the world. But why? Zach trusts me, and, well, it just doesn't seem fair. But he'll only be here for a few days. Why, he mentioned that just now, just before he left. He's lonely, and you're making things pleasant for him. That's not the reason I'm seeing him. I like him, Aunt Sarah. I like him a lot. Well, I assume that, or else you wouldn't have asked him to the New Year's dance. But it isn't as if you were going to marry him. No. It's not as if I were going to marry him. Oh, Mary, dear, I didn't mean it like that. I know. Have fun, Mary. See Zach every day, if you like. Just act like any other girl. I try, Aunt Sarah, but I, I just can't seem to make myself feel like any other girl. I, I just feel like me. And that's pretty darn good, if you ask me. Hey, you two, what's cooking? Just remember, Mary, I don't think so. Uh, good night, dear. Good night. Good night. She doesn't think so. What? She doesn't think there really is a Santa Claus. Huh? Oh. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Our stars, Joseph Cotton and Dorothy McGuire, will return with Act Three of I'll Be Seeing You after a brief intermission. Let's pretend we can see into the future. It's Christmas morning at the Browns, and Betty and Jane are opening their presents. Jane reaches for a package from Aunt Sue. Oh, let's open Aunt Sue's together, Betty. They're probably both alive. I wonder what she spent this time. Oh, oh look, stockings. Oh, no, not nylons. No, but they're lovely and sheer. Well, I can use anything I can get my foot in. I'm down to my last pair of stockings. Look, three pairs. Oh, swell. I'll see me through a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks? Why, these will last me for months. So, about a month later, the girls were dressing one morning when... Oh, doggone it. There goes a run. Well, there's the last of my Christmas stockings. Guess little Janie will have to go shopping for herself. Oh, look, Betty, <laughs> you couldn't lend me a pair for today, could you? <laughs> Guess so. Look in the top drawer. Say, aren't these your Christmas ones? Uh-huh. Well, haven't you worn them much? Of course. But I luxed them. What do you do with yours? Well, I... Well, I'm not fussy like you. I used anything that happened to be handy. Mm, well, I still have three pairs and no runs. Okay, I guess it serves me right. 
Don't I get to borrow these then? Oh, sure. Look, I'll even let you keep this pair, but there's a string to it. Use Lux. If you don't get twice the wear you did from your others, you'll have to buy me a new pair. It's a deal. I'll certainly play safe and Lux them. It's a safe bet that if Jane does Lux her stockings after every wearing, she will cut runs way down. Because strain tests have proved that with Lux, stockings retain their elasticity much longer. They don't go into runs nearly so quickly as stockings washed with strong soap or rubbed with cake soap. For extra wear, give stockings gentle Lux care. Here's Mr. Keeley at the microphone. We bring you the third act of I'll Be Seeing You, starring Joseph Cotton as Zack and Dorothy McGuire as Mary. Seven days have passed since Zack Morgan and Mary Marshall stepped off a train together at Pine Hill. Christmas has come and gone, and now Pine Hill, like all the troubled world, waits with eager hope the coming of the new year. All the towns gather tonight for the annual dance of the YMCA. My goodness, Zach, there isn't a woman here with prettier corsages. You've thanked the man a dozen times. Let him alone. And <laughs> Sarah's right, Uncle Henry. You're just afraid Zach's spoiling it. Well, maybe I am. But flowers make you feel so like a party. Oh, there's Amy Anderson. Wait till she sees my lovely camellias. Well, that's my cue, Zach. I guess she wants me to leave you and Alone in this crowd? How about a dance, Mary? I'd love to, Zach. <laughs> you know, Mary, two weeks ago, if somebody had told me I'd be dancing with a girl like you, you know what I'd have said? What would you have said? I'd have said, I wouldn't be dancing with a girl <laughs> like you. You know, I used to be pretty good at this sort of stuff. Once, uh, Well, what's happened to the orchestra? Somebody must have tipped them off. Confidentially, it's just 10 seconds to 1945. New Year's! Uh -huh. Ladies and gentlemen, may I be the first to wish you all a very happy New Year! Happy New Year, Mary. Happy New Year, Zach. Glad you wanted to walk home, Mary. It sure is a swell night. Mm, so beautiful I could... Well, what in the world is that coming down the street? Oh, just some kids in the jalopy. Oh, what a racket. They're shooting something. Just firecrackers. Jack? It's all right, Mary. It's all right. I feel fine. Oh, look, they're throwing them. They're throwing them over the fence there. That dog. Oh, that's really a dog, too, isn't it? I don't mind saying I'm glad he's chained. Don't you believe in that saying about barking dogs? Well... Oh, look at him. He's tugging at his chain. Well, Mary, you're scared. Oh, he's such a big dog. Zach, maybe we better cross the street. Oh, now, now, Mary. The thing about a dog is you must never let him know you're afraid of him. You have to treat him like an old friend. Now, watch me. Here. Here, boy. Here, here. Oh, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. I'd hate to run into him in a dog street. Well, what do you think this is? Mary, look out. He's loose. He's jumping the fence. Stay away, Mary. Stay away. I can handle him. Get back. I can handle him. Oh, I'm all right. Oh, Zach, Zach. 
It's a good thing you kept your wits wrapping that coat around your arm. That's the smartest thing you could have done, mister. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure sorry, mister. You sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Come on out. Do Come along, Mary. I, I can't stop shaking. You'll be all right in a minute. I'll be all right. I thought he'd tear you to pieces. A few scratches from his claws. He didn't bite me. Oh. You know something? What? Don't you realize what you've done? What? I'll bet you couldn't have done that a week ago. Done what? Oh, not just now with the dog. I mean all evening. I've watched you all the time. You've never hesitated for words, and your eyes haven't blinked. And, and then just now, I... Well, I've never seen anyone whose reactions were so fast. <laughs> I didn't even think about what I was doing. That's just it. And your timing. It was perfect. I hope you're right. I believe you are. Mary, yesterday you... You told me that in a week's time, you can do a lot of believing... Well, you see, I'm that fellow that's on the radio that says life can be beautiful. You're beautiful. Uh, you're just saying that because you know I've got lots of money. You're wonderful. Because you know I have very influential friends. You're wonderful. Because of my social position. Wonderful. Zach, we're home. Yes. Mary, I, I know now I'm going to get well. And I've got plans, lots of them. And you figure in all my plans. You've got to figure in them because without you, I... Oh, I'm back where I started. I'm sunk. Zach. Let's not talk about it now. I'm... Well, I'm kind of sleepy. All right. I'm leaving early tomorrow, Mary. Before I go, I've got a lot of things to tell you. Yes. Good night, Zach. Good night, Mary. I love you very much. I want to kiss you. Zach. Oh, Zach. Oh, Aunt Sarah, I love him so. What are you going to do, Mary? I don't know. He's going to ask me to marry him. Have you told him about yourself? No. Are you going back with him on the train tomorrow? Oh, how can I? I'm afraid to be alone with him now. Oh, Aunt Sarah, I mustn't tell him. And I lied to him at the dance. I told him I was going to stay there a couple of extra days. Oh, don't you think he's strong enough yet to know about you? I don't know. And I can't take that chance. He's getting well. I want him to go back to that hospital sure of himself. Of himself. And of me. Remember, dear. What you have to do may seem to be second best. But it may work out to be first best after all. Oh, Aunt Sarah, I hope so. <laughs> Oh, evening, Sergeant. Should say good morning. Happy New Year. Thanks, you too. Have a good time tonight at the uh -huh, dance? Oh, wonderful. Say so you're checking out tomorrow, you said? That's right, and I want to thank you. I've enjoyed my stay here very much. It's fine, son, <clears throat> fine. Well, I'll see you later on. Good evening, room. Happy New Year, room. Happy New Year, Zach. May I have this dance with you, Sergeant? Oh, and may I be the first to... <gasps> The room. It's spinning. Hold on, Zach. Hold on, it's spinning like a top. Don't let it suck you in. Hold on, Zach. You're just a little tired, that's all. Try to avoid excitement. Don't tire yourself. Avoid excitement. Don't tire yourself. 
A lot of excitement. The fight with the dog took a lot out of you. That's why you're sweating. Doesn't mean anything. Sit down, Zack. Sit down, sit down, sit down, Zack. Sit down easy. Take it easy. Your heart, Zack, it's starting again. It's pounding away. Faster and faster. Don't get scared now. Don't get scared. Call a doctor. Then get in touch with us. Any army hospital. Call a doctor. It's just one of those things, Zack. He told you it might happen. Hang on. It's sure banging away. Zack, your your heart doesn't really sound that loud. You're just thinking it does, that's all. The doc told you there's nothing wrong with your heart. Beating fast like that doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. Stop kidding yourself. This is it. You're in for it now. You thought for a minute it wasn't, but it is. You know the next step. You know what's coming now. You better call for a doctor. Let him get that hypo ready. Tub of ice water. It's coming, Zach. It's coming. Zach, you've got a week to believe. A week. You must believe. You must believe. You must believe. You must believe. Sarah, I'm downstairs. Breakfast ready? Just a minute, dear. Barbara's down, too. She's getting dressed. Where's Mary? In the kitchen with me. One egg or two, dear? Three. I'm hungry. Work on those eggs. I'll get the door. Well, hurry, dear. They'll be ready in a minute. Morning, Mr. Marshall. Oh, hello, Zach. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Come on in. Have a good time last night? Best party I've been to since last New Year's. Had your breakfast yet? Yes, sir. An hour ago. Well, here's the newspaper. Make yourself at home. Be with you in a minute. Thank you. I'll drive you down to the station. Who was it, dear? Uh, Zach. Morning, Mary. Good morning, Uncle Henry. He's in the living room. Zach? Morning. Hello. I was just fixing some sandwiches for the train. Oh, wonderful. Mary, don't you think you'd better get ready? I'll finish that. Yes, I'd better. I'll be down in a minute. Go sit down, Henry. Your eggs are ready. Yes, ma'am. We won't be long, Zach. Hope you don't mind. Well, take your time. Besides, here comes Barbara. Hello, Sergeant. Happy New Year. Hello, Barbara. Oh, you look nice. Thank you. That your bag out there? Uh-huh. Gee, you sure look a lot better than you did a week ago. I feel a lot better. You think the Marshall food did it? <laughs> I think it was mostly your cousin Mary. Oh, she's awfully nice. Yeah, I've noticed that, too. You know what? I think I'll marry her. Are you kidding? Well, not as far as I'm concerned. Well, won't you mind waiting? Well, well, it's up to Mary. Things have worked out so well that, well, I may not have to wait as long as I thought. Yes, and the fact that they let her out of prison for Christmas is a pretty good sign. What are you talking about? You know, it wasn't until the other night when she told me how it all happened that I realized it wasn't her fault at all. She's not a criminal. Criminal? I mean, like a real criminal. Oh, it's too bad you two can't go back on the train together. 
But then Mary isn't due in Easton until nine o'clock, and she wants to spend as much time with us as she can. After all, being in that awful place for three whole Come years. On, Zach, we're going to be late. Mary. Well, goodbye, Zach. Zach, is there something wrong? Wrong. Well, have a nice trip and come back real soon. Oh, Zach. Zach, I hate to say goodbye. Thank you again, Mrs. Marshall. Good luck. And here, here's your sandwiches. Thank you. Mary, hurry, dear. Coming. You've sure been quiet, Zach. Glad I catch on. Three's a crowd, huh? No, no, I, I, I didn't mean now, that. Now, Zach, is there any special address, or do I just write to you in care of the hospital in Easton? Yeah, uh, care, care of the hospital. Zach. It'll get there, all right. And you can write me in care of Uncle Henry. Sure, we'll forward it to wherever she is. Okay. Because I won't know what hotels I'll be stopping at. Sure, and I... sure. Well, well, goodbye. Goodbye, Zach. You will write to sure, me. Sure, I'll write. And thanks again, Mr. Marshall. It was nothing, boy. Zach, what's the matter? What's wrong? Wrong? Don't. Well, not a thing. Not a thing in the world. Goodbye, Zach. Goodbye. Good luck, Zach. Look, he's not even waving, Uncle Henry. Oh, what's the matter, I wonder? He acted kind of strange ever since we left the house, hmm? I think I know. Zach! Zach! He's gone, Mary. Oh, he knows. He knows about me. He knows. Barbara, Dad'll want another cup when they get back. Mother, if you'd been in Mary's place, wouldn't you have gone along with Zach? Don't ask so many questions. Well, as long as Zach's willing to wait until Mary's out of prison, I don't see why... Prison? Barbara. Barbara, you didn't tell him. Who wasn't Zach supposed to know? Oh, Barbara. Oh, why didn't anybody tell me? Why didn't you warn me? I should have. I should have. Oh, Mary's always treated me like a grown-up. I didn't want to hurt her. Now I've done something terrible again. They're coming in. Quiet. No, I've got to tell her. I've got to. Mary, Mary. Yeah. Oh, Mary, I, I'm so ashamed of myself. Please forgive me. Mary, I love you. But I didn't know. I told oh, him, Mary. Don't cry, I told him. Please don't cry. He had to know sometime. At least he didn't know until the last moment. That's something. Oh, please, darling, don't. Well, I'll go pack now. Come and help me, Barbara. There's a train in an hour. I think I'd like to leave as soon as I can. Who is it? I'm reporting back. Oh, it's you. Marshall, isn't it? That's right. Have a good time? Aren't you going to open the gate? You've got a little time yet, sister. What are you talking about? Down at the corner. Guy's been waiting for you. Down it. Zach. When you're ready, just pound the bell again. <laughs> Mary, I. I didn't want to make you cry. Well, there's nothing wrong with crying at a time like this. The minute I got on the train, I knew why you didn't tell me. Oh, nothing matters except that you're here. I'm terribly ashamed for walking out like that. I need you, Mary. I want to feel that you need me. Oh, but I do. I do. I'll be right here. I'll be right here waiting. I'll be all well by then and ready to make a new start, too. I love you so much, Zach. I love you so much. Oh, we'll get by, darling. 
Yes, I think we'll do just fine. Just fine. Our stars will return in a moment for a curtain call and a word about our play for next week. Tomorrow, for the first time in two, three, even four years, millions of men throughout the country will be eating Christmas dinner with their families. The war is over for them, but their wives still have a job to do for their country. What kind of a job, Mr. Kennedy? A job that will help all of us during reconversion, saving used fats. But fats aren't rationed anymore. That's just the point. Although food fats aren't rationed, there is actually less fat than ever for industry. But can't we import more? Not yet. The islands in the Pacific that used to send us millions of pounds of oils a year still aren't producing. So, for example, the people who make soap have to share the available oils with other industries. That's why you can't always get all the soap you want. Will saving used fats help? Yes. These fats are released for all sorts of heavy industry. That means more of the fine oils can go into soap. Looks as if I'd better start right off saving again, Mr. Kennedy. Good for you. This week, you'll have an extra supply of used fat. Start by pouring the grease from the breakfast bacon or sausage into a tin can. Then add the drippings from your Christmas turkey or goose, and don't forget to skim the giblet gravy after the dinner, and the turkey soup later in the week. Do I get anything for these fats? Yes, indeed. Your dealer will give you four cents for every pound you turn in. But more than that, if you and every housewife in the country save used fat now as you did in wartime, soap supplies will become more plentiful. You won't have to wait for your favorite brand. Here's your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Tonight, we've received one Christmas present a day early in the form of two superb performances by Joseph Cotton and Dorothy McGuire. Thank you, Vero. And I'm sure now that you're both eager to get back to your families and those Christmas trees. Sounds good to me, Bill. I've been away for so long on location. How's that uh, Technicolor epic, Duel in the Sun, coming, Joe? Well, we're still working on it. You, Jennifer Jones, Gregory Peck, and half of Hollywood. You don't actually fight a duel in that picture, do you, Joe? Why, of course not, Dorothy. You know how the early West was. Nothing more violent than harsh words at 20 paces. <laughs> Tell me, Bill, what about your next play on Lux? For New Year's Eve, next Monday night, we have what is certainly one of the most gripping pictures of the year. It's Warner Brothers' Pride of the Marines. Starring in their original screen roles... John Garfield, Eleanor Parker, and Dane Clark. If you feel like entering the new year with an extra measure of hope and courage in your heart, you'll find it in this deeply moving drama of a wounded veteran who refuses to become a burden to the woman he loves. That's a very timely picture, with so many of the boys coming home from overseas, Bill. Good night. Good night. Good night, and happy holidays. <laughs> Tomorrow is our first and long-awaited post-war Christmas, with families reunited and new hope throughout the land. But with our gratitude for peace should come a new conception of that word. For peace on earth has become a challenge the like of which the world has never known before. All of the nations of the earth are seeing themselves for the first time as fellow members of the human race who must work in peace together if they are to survive their common enemies, greed, intolerance, and pride. The future is squarely in our hands. May God guide us in its management and bless us not with wealth and ease, but with tolerance and wisdom.
On behalf of our sponsors and those of us here in the Lux Radio Theater, may I wish you all a truly happy Christmas and invite you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents John Garfield, Eleanor Parker, and Dane Clark in Pride of the Marines. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. I'll Be Seeing You, produced by Dory Sherry, was presented through the courtesy of David O. Selznick, producer of Alfred Hitchcock's Spellbound. For its participation in American victory, the motion picture industry has received the official thanks of the United States government in the form of a bronze plaque detailing the industry's wartime achievements. Among these achievements is the contribution of 43,000 feature films for Army and Navy entertainment and morale. These films continue to make possible 6,000 movie shows a night covering every region where our men in uniform are stationed. Radio, too, continues to serve as a medium of entertainment and morale. And these Lux Radio Theater plays are broadcast to our men and women overseas through cooperation with the Armed Forces Radio Service. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers. And this is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to tune in again next Monday night to hear Pride of the Marines with John Garfield, Eleanor Parker, and Dane Clark. The Spry Treat of the Week. Spry Christmas cookies, tender, full-flavored cookies made quickly and easily with new Easy Mix Spry. Keep the cookie jar full during the holidays. Remember, for digestible, full-flavored foods, you need pure, bland, all-vegetable shortening at its creamy best. That's Spry, S-P-R-Y. Be sure to listen in next Monday night to the Lux Radio Theater presentation of Pride of the Marines with John Garfield, Eleanor Parker, and Dane Clark. And why not tune in a half hour? Yeah.
Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow's glistening. A beautiful sight, all we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away, is a bluebird here to stay? Is a new bird, he's singing a song as we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland. Well, in the meadow we can build a snowman And pretend that he is puzzled brown He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no, man But you can do the job when you're in town Later on, we'll conspire As we dream by the fire To face unafraid all the plans that we made Walking in the winter wonderland Until the other kitties knock him down Oh, when it snows Ain't it thrilling Though your nose gets chilling We'll frolic and play The Eskimo way Walking in winter
Well, guys, that does it for Mr. James Stewart, Miss Donna Reed, Mr. Frank Sinatra, and Miss Joseph Cotton in our Christmas Part 2. Join me later on tonight, guys, as I bring my New Year's Eve and New Year's Day episodes. And stay tuned for an update after my New Year's Day episodes on scheduling change that I'm going to make. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcast. Just type in Mystery and Comedy, Old Time Radio Podcast, and it should pull my podcast right up. I hope you guys have it had a wonderful Christmas holiday and Merry Christmas and I hope you guys have a wonderful and happy new year and once again guys always remember to enjoy the show thanks